93.3 WMMR Audio On Demand presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast. I want to go back to Netflix uh, special that's coming out. It's uh, by a guy named Darren Brown. He's a psychological illusionist. That's that's his title. A Brit, right? He's uh, kind of like a uh, their version, a little bit, a little bit of um, Chris Angel. Chris, but he's more buttoned down. Okay. okay. Or um, like a Yuri Geller. But it's called The Push, and here's the deal. They want to see how far they can take an unsuspecting person and make them bend their own morals. Basically, these actors are going to try to convince this unsuspecting guy, this player, somebody who's, who's they, they all, everybody knows what's going on, but this one guy, and they're going to see if they can steer him to where he would... He, he would actually commit murder and cover it up. No How? way, no way. So, so, but here's they're they're going so that everyone is surrounding him. In the trailer for this series, they indicate that they set up a series of circumstances that look very desperate. Okay, so that almost for him all for him to do the right thing, he'll need to commit murder. Okay, so that is my understanding from the trailer. All right, and, and so that, but still, if at the end of this, and Preston, you'll explain what happened to you uh, as you're finding out information on this. Oh. Um, the, the, uh, my, upon hearing this, and this is why people are reacting and it's so controversial, is that what if this guy in the show does do this yeah. or any of his reactions, it's sort of, um, it's going to hang with him yeah. because no one likes to admit that in a, there, we're capable of anything. Certain situations can befall us that could drive us to do horrific things. Yeah, and I'm I'm wondering what what situation they put him in because if it's kill or be killed, yes, that's that's a different scenario. If somebody is about to kill you, self defense, you're going to defend your life. You know, yeah, but right. but but uh, you know, it, it, this is the kind of thing that can hang with someone because we all like to be very judgmental without ever looking within ourselves. Now that's the critical takeaway and the blowback about this right now. Whether that's how the show is executed, and if it, they do present him with a case of Preston where, hey, there's a guy on the other side of this door that's going to kill you if you don't shoot through the door and kill him, yeah. right. uh, then that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I need to see the trailer just kind of get a, um, Even, a I have audio on it because like, I wasn't sure. Yeah, like... yeah it'll, it'll remind you of the of the first time you saw Mr. Belvedere. Oh. <laughs> uh, actually, Marissa's waiting. She's getting another, uh, okay. another clip. Oh, and by the way, so when I was yeah. reading about this this morning... Uh, there's an information service that we use that will sift through and find some stories and send the information to you, some notable things. Uh, it's prep service. And so I'm reading this. <laughs> it gave away the ending. I know how this ends. Oh, really? I, it, it just flat out said what happened. Tell now, me about the email you sent. I sent, I sent the company an email. I'm like, hey, yeah. just to let you know, you revealed the ending of this show. I said, how about either a spoiler alert or how about... Not doing that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's just because oh. regardless of the thing, part of the deal will be when it's, it's, a, it's a one-off special from what I understand. Yeah. Is it available now or no, soon? Or? it's soon. Okay. Yeah, I did don't know. Did you guys see the movie The Belko Experiment? I did. Yes. Okay. It's it's uh, The Purge in an Office Building. Right. right. I, and I wasn't sure if like, maybe they did it. Like this? Well, that's what I'm wondering, too. Yeah, if they put you in such a desperate situation and, and you you got to make a choice, it's your life or theirs. I don't think so. I think it's going to be more, I don't know. You had that I, situation they, 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 at they, they, the end of The Dark Knight where they had the two ferries and yes. had to blow one up. I would have I pushed that button in a heartbeat. I would have <laughs> just on the off chance I would have blown up the prisoner barge, yeah. not even knowing. <laughs> I would have brought my own dynamite. No, there, 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 there's, there are things that we don't like to know about ourselves. And listen, 
this is clearly the object of this specialist to get this kind of conversation happening. So they're winning. Yeah. Tenfold. Oh, listen. I'll watch it. I'm going to watch it. Even, even though I know the ending. <laughs> I don't. I, I, I heard you behind me. So we sit in the office, Preston. <laughs> we're sort of, Preston's on one part of the office, and we're sort of, our backs to each other as we do our prep. And I hear, oh. That was it. What is, all right, so here's here's the trailer for it. Okay, here we go. Why is it wrong? I, I want to talk to the auctioneer. You did talk to the auctioneer, and you helped him set these prices. It's completed. It's just the wrong. Benny, Benny. Pills, pills. Chris, uh, what? Chris, I'll call an ambulance, find the pills, and bring them back. Somebody's Chris having a heart attack, yeah. it looks like, at that point. Web of lies, and that's important. I need him to feel like there's only one way out when he's told to commit murder. My name is Darren Brown, and the question we're considering is simple. Can we be manipulated through social pressure to commit murder? 70 people coming in here. They can't see this. Take them by the knees. 70 actors will be playing out a meticulously planned and rehearsed scenario to manipulate this man who has no idea he's being filmed. Come on, guys. What are we going to do? He's a millionaire. He's going to make sure you go to jail. This show is about how readily we hand over authorship of our lives every day. Just give him one big push. Can social compliance be used to make someone push a living, breathing human being to their death? Welcome to the push. So clearly, the modus operandi is getting them to push him off a building or something yes. like that. Yes. So, so um, and in that case... But, you know, is that something that a, a quote-unquote person who is unaware of everything that's going on, you know, you're basically turning them into a lab experiment. How, I don't know what the waiver policy is in England. Yeah. I don't know what they're required to secure before a potential contestant before they do a show like this. Yeah. But, I mean, um, that's a tall order to pull off where you're going to say, because you would have to reveal the nature of it. Here you would. I don't know what you can do over there, but yeah. you're you, you're potentially going to cast someone in an incredibly bad light. Mm-hmm. And then, do they have to sign off on that prior to or after? And here's the deal, though they offset it by giving them a year supply of turtle. Oh my god, <laughs> so <it's, laughs> their car will look phenomenal. Hey, over here we couldn't even get away with putting a rectal thermometer on the end of Seriously. a uh, uh, of a uh, forklift. My name is Steve Morrison, and, <laughs> and the experiment is: can a practiced forklift operator insert a rectal thermometer into a willing compliant? <laughs> It is the great experiment that has never taken place because apparently it's what is classified as rape. <laughs> it's what Steve's wanted to do this for ages because I because he got really good with the uh, I the got really at, good at the camp out for hunger. What if we put a rectal thermometer on the tip next of month it? on Netflix? <laughs> oh my God! The push part two. But uh, listen, we you know we could talk about the uh, the moral implications of this whole thing, but it, it's. No, Do you, you no know? question, it's compelling, man. You know. Listen, I don't, I, because it, it does make you ask those questions. And and the truth of the matter is, it's hard for us to accept it. And, you know, obviously there's a lot of horrible things going on in the world. But um, mm-hmm. that, given a set of circumstances, we, we could. But Preston, you pointed out that we have gotten to the point now where it is the running man. Yeah. It, it is, it's what, it's what is happening. The stuff that would, that was, there was a movie called uh, Patty Chayefsky, a classic movie, Network. And where they predicted, you know, it was at the time when Six Million Dollar Man was on and it was a great William Holden, Faye Dunaway. It showed what happened behind the network television and plotting. And 
And so they presented all these outlandish shows. They made the network a, a top-to-bottom ridiculous collection of soothsayers and all this crap, and the station shot to number one. And it's like, it. we're going to show you how crazy it could potentially be. Those shows depicted in network uh-huh. are laughably tame Oh yeah, compared to what is on right now. And, and similar to Running Man, they, they showed a series of teasers for TV shows that seemed outrageous <laughs> Is it at like the time. climbing for dollars? Climbing for dollars, <laughs> where, where you're climbing up this rope and there's a there's a Dober, there's killer dogs, Doberman <laughs> Pinchers snapping at you as you're trying to win the money, and if you fall, you get eaten by the dogs. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and then they... Uh, there's scenes like, I can't believe I'm paying $1.50 for a Coke, you know? And it's like, what an outrageous price or whatever it was. I know, I know. Or $8. But anyhow, those things are those things are happening now. Uh, let me go to uh, Carissa real quick. Hey, Carissa, good morning. Hi, good morning. Hey, what's up? There is this station on YouTube called Vsauce, and my fiancé, Eddie, is going to be so glad that I called in mouth. <laughs> they have a YouTube Red show called Minefield, where they look at all different aspects of the human brain and how it reacts in certain situations. And they have one episode that focuses on how people react in a last-minute split decision, where we would all say, okay, in the event of a massive tragedy, I would prefer to save more lives, but some lives perish in that situation. Right. So what they do is they get these people who think they're coming to take a survey about mass transit. And while they're waiting to take the survey, they go into this building with an operator being told that they're looking at a track switcher for train. And they learn how to flip the switch, change the tracks and whatnot. And the operator has to step out. In the meantime, on the screens, they're actually playing a video that's showing a train coming up on two tracks. One track has three people on it. One track has one person on it. Currently, the train is set to hit three people. Yep. And it looks at whether people will actually make that move to make the switch to purposely kill one person. For the Versus three. Like, sure. Five. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people freeze within that moment. But there are other people that actually flip the switch. And you see them have a breakdown. I'm sure. Yeah. That is a honestly. That is a uh, and uh, Carissa. That's a that is a cruel. Uh-huh. Yeah. Lab to, experiment to do on an unsuspecting to do on person. an unsuspecting person. Though yeah. they would yeah. say, I'm sure. Well, the only way to glean usable information is to keep them in the dark. Yeah. Uh, because you otherwise yeah. it'll be tainted. But yeah. still, yeah. that sucks. Yeah. But what they ended up doing to try and reduce the amount of psychological damage is immediately after they either watch this train go towards the three people or they flip the switch. Pizza party? Train right to Harrisburg. Train right to Harrisburg. <laughs> they make sure that the psychologist debriefs with them. And they talk about I mean, how it wasn't actually Oh, thank real. you for the debrief. <laughs> hey, what? Come in on it and help prevent that. Damage. Yeah, Carissa, what what level of, of therapist are they getting for a YouTube channel who's yeah. going to sit there and, uh, you, you know, it's... Um, to me, that's that's a that's a yeah. lot. You know the the the, the uh, Quinones show. What's his name? The reporter on yeah, ABC, Quinones, yeah. right? Who does what it? would you do? What would oh, you yeah. do? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And that's that's a that's a pared down a, version a of big this. time pared down. I mean, yeah. that is it's not you know, like you're pushing someone off a high rise. No, Thanks, you're, you're you're uh, sticking up for a kid in a yeah. store, or you know what I mean. Um, yeah. Rather than uh, what I would rather have uh, than a um, a debriefing is not. Having to decide between whether three people, one person dies. 
It's it's what Captain and, and Kirk, you know, the the uh, he he beat the system. You know, remember there was that the no win scenario. He beat it by reprogramming the, the computer. Kayashi Maru, yes. or whatever it's Kobayashi called. Kobayashi Maru. Kobayashi Maru. That's right. it. Yeah, the the great uh, chef Kobayashi. Right. <laughs> you know, one person shows up for dinner and three. <laughs> Who are you going to feed? Right. I don't know, man. It's uh, it's it's bizarre. But there there are. I would imagine if you if you sign up for uh, psychological experiments, which people do all the time. Yes. Uh, you might be a little less taken aback by... I would be prepared for something like yeah, that. Yeah. If they lead me into a room where they're going to say, by the way, you have to work a train switch, I'm like, I got it. Yeah. I, know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I used to love it, the Springfield Mall. They don't do this anymore, but man, they used to have people that would do uh, surveys with you, and you would be able to eat like a uh, Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. <laughs> I like those. Casey, wait, what? Casey, those ones were Casey. Good. They didn't work for the mall. <laughs> wait, wait. That's why. That's why he was giving you a hernia check. Why? Why would they let you eat a Reese's peanut butter? Because you would just have to take a survey. They would, you know, feed you like candy bars, and then you would have to answer questions. He's, on he's it. right. There's, there's there used to be a place in the Bayshore Mall, which was it was a survey place, and they actually. Their office was in the mall, and yep. they would go talk to mall consumers, uh-huh. and they would say, you have 15 minutes to go answer some questions, and they would either give you, like, lunch, or they'd give you <laughs> gift certificates to some of the, uh, yeah. uh, to the stores in the mall. Now, could you imagine, you think you're going to go back and have a Snickers bar, and you got to tell you, you need to kill <laughs> somebody. Do <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have a few seconds? <laughs> yeah. We're going to go back. Someone's going to kill me. Uh, you got to kill him first. <laughs> Where's my piece? Reese's pieces. <laughs> or the, the guy's just completely cold and calculating. Where are my M&M's? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. Where are my M&M's? <laughs> I was promised a Charleston chew. <laughs> I burned down the hospital. Where is my candy? You uh, never saw that. You never. Got, no, oh. I remember people doing surveys at the mall. No, pr- yeah, then they still do that from time to time. I'll, I'll be at a mall and somebody will come up and ask me a question. I'm just uh, pretend like I didn't even hear him. Casey, did this guy make <laughs> you follow him home? <laughs> no, but you look sort of tense. Would you like a massage? I mean, it, it had gotten to the point where I'm like, all right, well, I know where they hang. I'm like, you know, I could go for a candy bar. I'm going to go walk past American Eagle. Hey, I'm, so, I'm sorry, what? what? Yeah, sure. So, yeah, I got wait, five minutes. So you would actively seek these people out? For a free candy bar? Yeah. Oh, my name, John Q. Public. All right. <laughs> You're who we've been looking for. Now, I would purposely walk by Chick-fil-A so I could get some samples or, of course, the bourbon chicken at any, uh, you know, Chinese uh, fast food yeah. Chinese restaurant. Well, on the yeah. boardwalk, it's always free uh, samples of fudge. Fudge I'm down with? Sometimes with our teriyaki chicken. I know we've gone off the rails. <laughs> it's all right. It's but on okay. one rail is one person, and on one rail is three people. Yeah. Uh, you got to be discerning at where the, what they're standing in front of because sometimes you're going to get some wonderful teriyaki, and otherwise, other times you're going to get rat meat. Ew, ew. <laughs> <laughs> rubber. Rat meat. Yeah, I, 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 I got sick one time with one of the free samples. I'm like, what was that that I just ate? I'm going to go. Hang on. James wants to uh, mention this thing. I've seen it pop up a couple of times. Hey, James, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, buddy. What's up? So, have you guys ever heard of the Milgram experiment that happened in 1961? I've heard of the name, but I uh, I can't remember exactly what uh, the experiment involved. Okay, so, in 1961, there was a lot of research post-World War II about the Nazi regime, and the experiment was about obedience. So, they put one person in a room, and a, an actor in this room, and another actor uh, and a participant in a room where they can't see this actor. 
and they were told to give this person a quiz. Mm-hmm. And every time the per- the actor got a question wrong, the person was told to give him a shock. Yes. And eventually, the level of the shock got so high that the actor pretended to die and would scream, and the participants would eventually try to stop, but they were told by someone who had authority over them, the person running the experiment, that it was okay. And a few people eventually turned the shock meter all the way up to a level where they would actually have killed the actor, and the yeah. actor pretended to die. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're actually this. looking at footage of it right now, uh, black and white footage on the uh, the screen here in the studio. You know, I mean, let's say you're a participant in that, and it's revealed to you that, you know, hey, given your druthers, you might just kill somebody. Uh-huh. How do you, when you leave there, even if you do have a uh, a therapist who's going to talk you through it, what do you carry with you for the rest of your life with that knowledge? Yeah, yeah. Well, one one of the participants actually committed suicide, uh, knowing that he Whoops. was able to do that. And yeah. uh, I, yeah. I work at a university, and we do. That was the start of a lot of these internal research boards that would approve the ethics of human experiments. Yeah, you know what, James? I've seen similar scenarios now where they were used things instead of electrocuting someone. Uh, they'll use things like hot sauce. Or peanut butter cups. No, not peanut butter cups. <laughs> but hot sauce as opposed to you, you have the opportunity to to actually spice this food for someone that you had interacted with earlier. And they gauge which... Uh, Level of heat that you would put in there, uh, you know, and and that's and, that's a little wasabi a over electrocution <laughs> is, right. is is a, a more more um, understandable. But it's uh, it, this is similar to the thing where there's the guy in the center of the room. The Simpsons did a parody of it, but it was an actual experiment where you could just randomly electrocute the person, right? And uh, and 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 the majority of people did quite often, um, just for fun. Y- yeah, but, well, it also it it speaks to. You know what we're capable of. Yeah. One of the one of the thanks, James. One of the cruelest I ever heard of, Preston. I don't know. I believe it's factual. And Nick, if you wouldn't mind doing a, a background check on this, there were uh, like septuplets, I believe, and they in the raising process they nurtured and loved half of them, and the others they gave no physical contact, right? And they what? all died. Uh, so you're familiar all with the story? Well, there there were they they did experiments with babies, yeah, where they they tried out uh, no uh, no physical contact, whatever. They used gloves. They yeah. had no nurturing at all, and all of them died. Yeah. Horrible, horrible. But they didn't know it was going to be that extreme. It yeah. was an experiment. So well, knock it off. Uh, stop it. Stop uh, it. Uh, another quick one, and then we'll do something lighter because this yeah. is a bit heavy. I'm going to go to Dan. Hi, Dan. Good morning. Hello. This is James Mason. <laughs> yeah, you need to work on it a little yeah. bit, but thanks for trying. Uh, hey, I tried. It's not bad, though. All right, it's okay. We are now going to send an electric shock down your phone line. Oh, thank God. I was worried. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to call another guy. I was actually going to talk about the Milgram experiment. Then uh, there's other one, the Stanford Prison Experiment as well. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you guys are familiar with that one, too. Very but, much so. so. I saw a special on it when, it when I was a kid, and then they made it into a movie a couple of years ago. Oh. They made it into a Netflix special, actually, yeah. too. Yeah. What it's, is what is the basis of this? So what it is is it's a whole bunch of Stanford students. They're all kind of undergrad kids um, who just they're like, oh, you want to make $10 over the week. Mm-hmm. Um, you just participate in this experiment. Really didn't because this is back in whatever, the 70s or 1970s. Tell them all about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and they were like, yeah, you're just going to one pe- A couple people are going to be guards and the rest of them are going to be prisoners. And you just watch them. But and like it was 
long story short, by the end of probably like the first or second day, like the guards had assumed like this crazy authoritative role and were like, like physically attacking the prisoners just after. Yeah, like, they were, so it went crazy. They were degrading them and, and making them do these oh, horrible yeah. things. It just yeah. and they were abusing their power. And then, oh, yeah, and then was, the, yep. the the students, the, the prisoners started a revolt, and it, it started yeah. to get away from them, and they had to end it. Right you know, it, it all comes down to a, a Lord of the Flies totally. reality, you know, oh, that yep. we, 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 we can reduce to our basest instincts if given a scenario that promotes it. Yeah, uh, yeah. it's pretty messed yeah. up. Uh, but thanks, Dan, I appreciate it. And you, you, can, you should check the movie out, it was pretty wild. All right, and then one last thing, totally uh, um, un- Related to this, well, kind of related to the conversation. Uh, Michael used to give those uh, surveys in the Springfield Mall Casey, oh. Oh, uh, for nice. for Reese's uh, peanut butter cups. Hi, Michael. Good morning. Good morning. Ooba, ooba, <laughs> nice and soothing. Ooba. What's up, Michael? Uh, yeah, the name of the place was called Carleen Data Collection, and they used to do surveys for movies, for uh, rate music, rate uh, trailers for movies that came out like two or three years in the future. Mm-hmm. But the funny thing is, they didn't do them for peanut butter cups. <laughs> yes, we did. Oh, you did? Okay. What it was, was we took, it was for a data collection place somewhere in Kansas City that was collecting information for um, marketing firms. All right. And they would take knockoffs and, like, the name brand, and they would take the wrappers off and stuff and give it to people and tell them, and just get their honest opinion without telling them what it was. Mm-hmm. And you'd get paid, like, two bucks for a survey. There was one where... We did two for like two weeks, and they got paid two hundred bucks to do that. Or orange juice paid fifty bucks just to drink some orange juice for a week. Did you ever make anyone believe they had electrocuted someone to death? <laughs> <laughs> no, but one of the uh, one of the surveys was of uh, what would you do in this situation? Like huh? your kids being your kid is being uh, uh, a rhino charging at your kid. Do you shoot the rhino or do you run in and get your kid? <sighs> Rhinos like are endangered. Kind of- yeah. No. Uh, so it, 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 there was some psychological stuff, but most of it was just, hey, can rich people figure out if this is a knockoff or not? Interesting. <laughs> okay. This right. is clearly not a Reese's piece. <laughs> Thank you, Michael. The By candy way, coating is inferior. Casey, when you when you would go sit down for the survey, would they give you like? Are we talking like fun size or the whole? No, it's like a you know the whole Reese's peanut butter cup. So so just you... one cup. It would give you the whole package of two? Yeah, give you two. No, it, it was never in the, the full-on wrapper. Yeah, like that guy said, they had to make it. Yeah. So I, you, would, you would eat legit. it, yeah. and then they'd let you get dressed and leave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so so you were you were telling them what you thought about the product. They, they, you know, oh, I thought this was a reward saying, here, thanks for your time, have a peanut butter cup. No, no, it was an actual survey oh, about yeah. a peanut butter cup. All right, you need to eat that candy slower, please. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that? Eat the candy slower. They're making a fetish. Video. I actually have friends that um, that go over to. I think it's a five 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 building, and and uh, at least uh, once or twice a year, they'll go and do some surveys. Are you, uh, are you a dirty boy? <laughs> they'll do these things You're and a dirty boy, aren't you? Like an hour or two out of their day, and they get paid like fifty, hundred bucks. Yeah, I mean, we talked about yeah. the. Uh, it used to be one of the the, the go tos in college was you go you go do okay I'll I'll use this new shampoo product yeah. testing yeah yeah, yeah yeah all right interesting well this this show called the push is coming out on Netflix later this month and it's uh, if you want to find out how it ends contact Preston I'll tell you because they told me. Uh.
But the trailer's up on PrestonandSteve.com if you haven't seen it yet. All right. Uh, we got to take a break. Be back in just a moment. Stay with us. At Steven Singer Jewelers, everyone gets the perfect price. No coupons, no sales, no negotiating. Feel great about buying a diamond. Visit Steven Singer, the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly, or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Always with free shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. More of the Preston and Steve Show podcast after this. There's uh, something that I want to know, Kathy. You've, you've mentioned this a couple times. I still haven't heard from you what it is. There's uh, apparently a new game that you're obsessed with. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it's, Steve called it a video game. I don't know. It's a video game. I mean, I guess it's considered a video game. Of course it is. It's the same know. It's the same uh, shuck and jive move my wife uses. It's, it's not a video game. I'm, I'm playing like, you know, <laughs> uh, 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 Call of Duty. Right. Um, I'm not playing a video game. What's it looking? You're looking at there. Is that a video screen? <laughs> it's a video game. <laughs> um, okay. Well, so it's an app on my phone. Um, an app. It's an app. An app. Not a video game. Video games for boys. <laughs> and it's called. Are you ready? Yeah. Design home, and you design a house. Oh, so if my wife gets a hold of this, I'm, I'm a dead man. Yeah. Preston, you can buy like furniture and lamps. Really? And, yeah. Oh my god! Do you get to choose the drapes and things? Oh, all of it. Window dressings. Let me see. Valances. Can I see. Yes. Sconces. So, so you have designed a house, and Kathy, get correct me so if I'm wrong. As you go along, you reach certain you dead things. end points where you could you have to you have to buy. Yes. Yeah. If you're not moving ahead the way you want, you can purchase points to purchase things for your home. Yeah. How do you win things? Um, yes. So you get so the so you have to vote. You also have to vote, and when you vote, you get keys to the house. <laughs> and so when you vote for other people, you then get more keys, and you need a certain amount of keys to enter each um, contest. You so need- they they supply right, the. Right. The the uh, the room that you're going to decorate in this house, and it'll get like so. Right now, up is um, a log cabin. There's a new flat in Slovakia. Uh, in there's a grand, elegant estate in Russia. Wait a minute. Now these are all pretend, right? You're no, not really decorating like for well, maybe maybe no, yes, this. Okay. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Are you sure these aren't? Are, are you sure this isn't a case of people soliciting the game players for design advice? Uh, you know what? So I have okay. not. Um, I just started playing, and I'm getting really into it. And I know that there's an aspect of it that I'm not quite grasping yet. Um, you said the word addicted. Yeah. Well, so, yeah. well I, I love it. I mean, yeah. I will. I I was playing like last weekend. I was playing in bed like it was like midnight, and I'm still playing this <laughs> stupid game. Um, but you can win furniture, and I just Dennis rolls over. I'm in hell. I just don't know how to, uh, if people are actually winning a piece of furniture or if they're winning it in the game. Like, I know you can win it in, (laughs) no, no, I know you can win it in the game, but I think you can actually win furniture. All right, I'll tell you what, because this is a little different. I thought this is going to be something like The Sims. Uh, where they're, they're they're actually animated homes and things. That's you, what I thought right, too. Steve, like seem, Farmville. These seem to be actual, actual photos. Yes. Yeah. Of houses and furniture, and I guess as you move them, they move appropriately to face the proper way. Uh, and so no, forth. so they kind of have the room set up, and you you just click the little icon, and and it'll say you need a, you. And there's like certain items that you have to decorate with, and others that can be optional. So you pick a room, you have to de- decorate <laughs> with a couch. This is stupid. It's I, but listen, you love it. I get it. I know. I know oh, it is. Oh, you can, okay. And you can actually buy. But why is this any more dumb you than, than you know getting a whole bunch of lollipops in order? And it's not. It's yeah, not. Yeah. It's not. It, but it, but it, on this thing, Kathy, uh, Claire was playing a game that was a f- like a florist or something, or like a like a flower Ooh. shop or something, or. 
Huh? Like, and I mean, constantly. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I have had so many questions end with silence. So, uh, you going to do that? Huh? Oh, what what was it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we're sitting inches away on the couch. Well, let me let me go to this call. I have Chris on the line. What's coming on the Hey, Chris, how you doing, man? Hey, sorry, Barry. Bother you guys at work. It's okay. What's up, dude? <laughs> so my girlfriend plays this design home game that Kathy's been talking about. She's been playing it for several several months now, and it is just the absolute worst. <laughs> like, I just I, I don't get it. Not only are you designing rooms, but you have to get like scored and graded yeah. to be able to buy more furniture. And uh, the, she's the nodding. Purchases. So it's, so it's Chris ridiculous. Chris, can you help us out? Do you know if this actually pertains to actual? Homes, or are these just pictures of of uh, random homes, and and you're using that because it seems to be um, these seem to be real places. It looks to be like each challenge that she showed me, because she's always pulling her phone out and saying, "Ooh, what do you think of this chair? Like, what do you think of this table?" Yeah, it is, they're called challenges. Is like, let's, let's see your mid-century modern spin on this Dutch colonial. <laughs> oh, so you're paying attention. What is the name of it again, Kathy? It's called Design Home. Design Home. And she's on it all the time, Chris? It's constantly. I'm trying to get her caught up on Game of Thrones right now, and every time I look over to go, did you see that? She's putting a chair in a corner. Oh, no. Okay. So, so wait. But guys, if you can put the screen back, it, it had a sort of a, uh, here in the studio, they had an explanation of the particular home that you're working on, and, and it said Williamsburg, Virginia. So it... Yeah, so they, there's different places, and obviously they're going to give a description of the room that you're decorating, so you can decorate in that style. <laughs> so, and then there is like certain items that you have to use. So there's one now where I have to decorate with four black pieces of furniture, okay. uh, or you know, and it, it'll vary. But there's different requirements for each each challenge. Chris has since you know you're trying to get her to watch Game of Thrones. Has she tried to let you play the game and show you how it works and everything? I gave it a shot. I gave it my best shot because that's what you do for love. Right. And I got maybe 15 minutes in, and I was like, this is stupid. I'm going to go back to Game of Thrones. Yeah. All right. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. And you gain dollars um, just by entering different challenges. So I will enter some of the easy challenges where I don't have to purchase anything. Like right. I, I own it so that I can uh, I can have more money to purchase items in like some of the better challenges. I can't bring myself to spend money on these online games. Yeah. I, I play, there's a W. It's well, a, you don't spend money on this one. But you, I mean, you but can, they, they but keep that's what I mean. Up. Like for all the, to, to make all the game of them. more, uh, to get the, take advantage of the availabilities of, of everything that the game has to exactly. offer. You have to pay more. So I play this golf game. It's called WGT. It's, awesome it's fantastic but uh to get equipment upgrades to get uh you know access to the other courses that are available it's asking i just can't bring myself to pay for it and they always make they make you believe that were you good enough at the game you would be able to just get it without paying so you get ultimately so frustrated you get points because they believe oh i can do this but you never do it and so you get so frustrated that you end up buying it yeah, Kathy, are, are there links that you can actually buy this furniture? I think that there, are, you can actually purchase some of the furniture. Yeah. All right, then that's where the advertising dollars come in, and that's mm-hmm. how they make money off it. It's a free app. Uh, yeah, it's a free app. Okay, yeah. I'm going to go to Mike, who's a real estate agent. Hi, Mike. <laughs> 
Listen, he, um, he just said Jack sell him for life. <laughs> <laughs> he cursed first. It would have been good if he didn't drop the S bomb right before that, Mike. Sorry, I'll try that next week. Okay, Listen, go ahead. Do you, do you hear how it, I've been listening forever? Have you ever heard this much passion behind uh, Kathy's voice? No. One, no. one other time. One other time with uh, with uh, be, Bejeweled or whatever. What is the other game? The uh, Oh, uh, Candy Crush. uh, Candy Crush. Candy Crush, yeah. And when I lit my fart on fire. (laughs) That's why it's taken off. I'm a real estate agent. We actually have, there's agents that send out emails, like, with links to this. Like, use this to design your new home. I'm like, go away. But (laughs) I I don't call, the only reason I call, like, the passion behind Kathy's voice. I'm not kidding. I've been listening forever. Right. That's why it's so, uh, that's why it's so well. And you're you're exactly right, uh, because she has used the word addicted. And to know that she's um, playing the game, she's looking at it right now with the eyes of a loving mother. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. By the way, the same company that makes uh, Design Home, Kathy, also does a game. It's called Covet Fashion. All right. I'm going to download that right now. It says Covet Fashion brings you a whole new genre of fashion entertainment as the only app that lets you style head to toe. Looks with actual brands, including, and it's it's got an encoded thing here. Rebecca Minkoff, Rachel Zoe, and more. It's like having an infinite closet of luxury fashion at your fingertips. This is like the uh, the Kim Kardashian app. Yeah, I guess so. That made her $80 million. Mm-hmm. But here's a text that says, love the design app. Love it. <laughs> Kathy, you can borrow items from me. By the way, they use real houses. A few months ago, there was a Ben Salem apartment and a Kate May house. So I did, I did the one. There was one in Avalon. Uh, I, I designed that one. So if you're all right, let me ask you: if you it's a desi- Romano, if you design, yes, yeah. if you design it, does that give well, the homeowner? Can the homeowner or apartment owner use your plan? Steve, I don't know. And there's like so so the um, the voting process too. Like yeah. I, so I'm getting votes, and I guess I'm getting dollars for for these votes. I'm not quite sure, but um, see, because I think the way it would work on an element of it that would be cool is you have a room you don't know what to do with, or a house you don't know what to do with as far as a design. You throw it up, let the people do their their deal, and you pick which one you like. And yeah, because you know what I mean. That that'll save you thousands of dollars yeah. when you have somebody uh, you know come in and, and redesign a room for you. I know that uh, a neighbor of mine had their bathroom redesigned, and they were gonna they had already spent the money yeah. on on the design. It was a couple of thousand bucks, you know. And yeah. they were like, "Here, you can," because I love the way they they laid their bathroom out. And they're like, "Here, you can have this. It'll save you two thousand bucks on on a bathroom redesign." See, there you this go. This was my best design. I got three point nine four out of wow. four stars. Out of four stars, yeah. How many people, can you tell how many people voted know. on it? I don't it's, know. Like I said, I need to look. It says designer Kathy. Mm. I need to look more into the whole, like, voting of it. I just know that when I vote, I get the keys so I can enter other challenges. So you have kind of a modern-looking um, hall or room, whatever it's yeah. in, and you, you went with a more avant-garde uh, furniture plan. Right. How did you find this? Um, Through you know, a friend or uh, did you How did I find it? it? I think. Um, she was on Grinder. No, you know what? I was recently talking to um, some interior designers and uh, just about, you know, redoing rooms and stuff like that. And I was looking for like like an app that you could take a picture of your room and redesign it, you know, to kind of see before you purchase items. And yeah. I didn't find that, but I found this. Okay. Well, you know who does? Our, our former calendar girl, um, Lauren Feldman, uh, is working with myself and, and uh, Claire, my wife. She's working with Claire B. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, but uh, she is a designer. When you have someone who knows what they're doing, 
and knows how she does real estate as well. But when you know yeah. someone who knows the chops and knows how things fall together, it's a freaking godsend. Oh yeah, because I don't know, I don't know how. Like, how you guys built the house from the ground up with all those effing choices. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't care. Yeah. Put a cat box in the room and a cloth I can sleep on. Yeah. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to be redoing a bathroom and we're having people help out with that. Yeah, because you don't way. know. You don't know. Have Kathy design it it's now that you know. Yeah. <laughs> do they have you. bathrooms on that? Uh... You know what? I have yet to do a bathroom. <laughs> I've done bedrooms, a lot of living rooms. I've done outdoor areas. Um... So I want to redo my bathroom, but I don't want to hire anybody to do it, except for like the hard stuff. Oh, do you want yeah. me to do it on this app? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. I, I, I just you don't want to walk in toilet? <laughs> I don't. I do, however, want to uh, close the toilet off so it's like literally like a, a little separate water little closet. room. Preston, yeah. you have that, don't you? Isn't what? your toilet in a separate little room? No, I thought it was. No, but well, then what house have I been spying on? Listen, you, you know what? I read something, uh, and this is interesting as far as homes and their setups. That apparently in Pittsburgh, yes, it is not uncommon to find in an unfinished basement a toilet just sitting there, like. Uh, Without walls, without anything, just I don't know. It's known as the basement, uh, the basement toilet. Or Why the, Pittsburgh? I don't know. They did a feature on it. <laughs> they love crapping out in the in public. Yeah, it's it's an exp- It's like you know when you, you hold your hands up to show that you are not carrying any weapons. Right. Same thing. No, I and I'm curious if there are any people listening right now who happen to have an unfinished basement with just a toilet and there's no there's no walls around it. Look, this is from the article. We're looking at a picture of it like that. Okay. It just sits out in the room. I mean, there's there's like laundry, and uh, it's it's rigged up, it's piped, it's ready to use. Oh yeah, it's not it's not unusable. It's actually there, functional. For some reason, they decided to build it right out in the middle of the room, or or in the middle of a unfinished area, without walling it off or putting a sink in there too. Uh, but uh, this appears to be in like a laundry room. This is my favorite room to poop in. It's actually called the Pittsburgh toilet. Yeah, really? the Pittsburgh toilet. Yeah, yeah. I know the Pittsburgh platter. Are well, they are they connected? Yes. I don't know. It's in older homes. Okay. All right, yeah, I still don't get the Pittsburgh connection, um, but... But they have a lot of rivers. They do. There's three of them. Do you ever see that uh, episode of Scrubs, Steve, where they have the toilet on the roof? Yes, and everyone was going up and using the roof toilet. Everybody loved it because uh, you got a breeze, you're outside, you get a little bit of privacy because you're on the roof. Yeah, I I would love a roof toilet. That's not a bad idea. Right? Well, if you... Honestly, if you could on a... uh, Because you love having a beer in the shower. Yes. Yes. Uh, and you ever go to like oh. a tropical resort where they have the shower outside? Yeah, mm-hmm. taking a dump outside. Yeah. Oh. Hey, I you know that. what? I kind of like to have a bidet in my car. Uh, uh, listen, <laughs> when I pooped in the Grand Canyon, it was it was actually pretty great. Yeah, crapping outside. Well, Beautiful the problem view. was he was yeah. at he were at you were at the uh, <laughs> the, the curiosity shop. Uh, let me go to Tyler. Hey, Tyler. Good morning. Hey, Preston. Steve, hey. what's up, guys? Yeah, bud. Just talking about uh, toilets. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of weird, but uh, I have a, like you said, an unfinished toilet. Just like a, a toilet totally works in my basement, my unfinished basement, and my basement just looks like total crap. The walls are just not existent. There's no ceiling. The ceiling is just the floorboards of my first floor. Do- and when I moved into this place, the toilet is just... Just on its own. There's nothing near it. The sink is on the other side of the basement. <laughs> and it's and there are pipes running to it, and it works? Yeah. Yeah, it flushes. It works just fine. But, do, like, it's just the toilet in the corner. Do you use it? <laughs> I do use it. Yeah? Mostly it, just for peeing. But, <laughs> but it, I do take the occasional crap in that toilet. Will will you will you go down there with that intention, or you're already down Impulse. doing something in the unfinished portion of the basement? And, uh, yeah, I could go. I'm going to go for a crap. Yeah, usually it's mostly I don't want to go back upstairs, but most when people see it, like guests or, like, my roommate or whatever, 
they just like it's just like a just looks out of place. It's like, why is there a toilet in here? And it works? Oh, let me go take a piss. <laughs> that is so... <laughs> novelty. All right, thanks, Tyler. Hang on, the phone lines are ringing off the hook. Let me go to Pat. Hey, Pat, how you doing? Hey, sorry to bother you guys at work. It's okay. Sorry, buddy. So what's your story? So uh, I live in Jersey. We moved into our house about uh, 10 years ago. And we have an unfinished basement with just a random toilet in it. Uh-huh. But, but not only... So the ceiling, I'm about six foot, and the ceilings are just about six foot. <laughs> and the toilet, there's two steps leading up to a platform yes. that yeah. the toilet sits on. So my head, if I were to sit on this toilet, would be just about at the ceiling. <laughs> That's well, got to be a weird sensation. Yeah, you're like an astronaut. Yeah. It's so freaking weird. Like, we just cut the water to the toilet because the basement is a crap hole. Like, yeah. Uh, there's no point in anyone going down there to use that. I, I don't okay. know, man. When we moved into our, our house that we, we just moved out of, the one in, uh, in uh, Maniunk, uh, there was a toilet in, in a – it was an unfinished basement, a toilet, and, and they were starting to do a little shower thing, but it was sort of out in the open. And uh, once, you, once you have a toilet someplace, you kind of get used to it. You know, he's like, yeah. I kind of want it here. Yeah. I'm going to go to Janine. Good morning, Janine. Good morning. It says you're from Pittsburgh. Yes, I am. I live out here now. I'm out um Kennett Square area. Mm-hmm. But uh yeah, we have a toilet in my mom's basement that was right next to the washing machine and it was just there. There was a little roll of toilet paper on the side. Mm-hmm. And uh yeah, we used it. I remember using it when we were younger. They really don't use it now, but it's still there. So for like if there's like a party at the house, do you do you, I mean we, we, like if you were to go down to the to the basement toilet with the intent of taking a dump would you lock the basement door no there was no lock in the basement door so hopefully someone knew you were down there if you were using it and i guess you would if you're in there if you're though you're doing your business and you hear somebody coming down the steps you can hey i'm down here hey come on down yeah 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 okay all right thanks janine i guess if you're if you're doing the laundry too you don't want to go all the way up yeah uh let me go next to adam who's a plumber hi adam how you doing Gadzook, guys. Gadzooks, buddy. All right, so are you familiar with this? I am. So Rockford, Manion, Elkins Park, all those areas. Yeah. Uh, my dad's actually a plumber, too. So the sewer line runs directly under the toilets in the basement, these unfinished basements. Mm-hmm. And when they were building the houses, back then they didn't have porta potties. So those toilets were actually made for the, the workers building the houses. So, uh, so when they were actually building the houses in those times, they would set up a toilet, uh, um, yeah. and and so they would just leave them there when they completed the house. Absolutely, because it just fits their plumbing system. And huh. I guess it was it was up to the uh, the owner if they wanted to get rid of it or not. Not even because you know they built so many that just porta potties weren't around back then, yeah. and houses took a lot longer to build. You know, because of craftsmanship that went into them. That's interesting. So you're saying, like, so that's, would you say that's probably the case for the, the Pittsburgh basement toilet? Is that was a uh, construction uh, consideration? Absolutely. Huh. The sewer line, you know, exits outside the house in the front, but sometimes it's only six inches underneath the concrete. So. All right. So my, just... my, my neighbor growing up had a, a toilet in his basement that was up on a throne. 
Um, and okay. I thought that was, and, and it's an old, old home. What do you mean by up on a throne? I mean, you literally had to walk up like two steps to get onto this toilet. Okay, so a raised platform, like the the one caller said. A lot yeah. of times they have okay. to do that for the for the pressure, to, right? Like I have a, there was we had a toilet in the basement that needed an extra, like a, an engine or something to. Yeah, ours has a pump. A pump in yeah. the basement. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So we all know that you know crap runs downhill. So the sewer <laughs> was probably two steps up. So they had to build the platform so. You know, everything can drain down. Yeah, to okay, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. And in the old toilet, in the, Thanks, old, in the old house, Preston, it was a case of a low ceiling as well. So when I'd step up to take a whiz, wham! Hit, your head. hit my oh, head every time. Yeah. yeah, so our our basement toilet, yeah, you flush it and then you hear... <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the walls. The one in the new house is super loud. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> like the zap from Pierre. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> Uh, let me see. I will go. We have other reasons for the, the mysterious basement toilet. I'm going to go to Dan. Hi, Dan. Good morning. Hey, how you doing? Sorry to bother you guys at work. It's okay. What's up, man? <laughs> hey, so, uh, another reason I'd heard that they have these is because, uh, in these older towns, the plumbing was so insufficient, uh, under the cities, uh, literally they were using hollowed out logs. And because of that, they said that they put the toilets in the basement because they were so prone to backing up that instead of backing up into their nice finished first floor bathroom, it would just back up into the basement and it's easier to clean up. Kathy, in your home design app, do they have hollowed out logs? (laughs) (laughs) Interesting idea, Dan. Thank you. I appreciate it. Kathy, you said you looked up some information on it. Does it concur with uh, what they said? So some of the reasons are that um, if there, you know, because it is down low and if there was some piping problems that it would be easier to clean up. But um, one of the main reasons, and they're saying that it's not verified or it was was difficult to verify, but that um, it is it's a common fixture in pre-World War two houses built in Pittsburgh um, and it was so that uh, when men would come home and they would be dirty they wouldn't have to go through the main house they could just walk through the basement doors because how the houses were built you could walk through into okay. the basement yeah. and um, they would kind of just clean up down there and then go up and be clean when they got into the main house I wonder if there's a correlation with the number of toilets and walk-in basements because that would that would make, that would make the make most sense, sense. Yeah. and also saying, at least in Pittsburgh during um, the uh, during the Cold War, uh, you could uh, take a dump without the radiation fallout. Ah, yeah. okay. Good to know because you'd be down, yeah. covered Below. a little yeah, bit yeah. underground, and it would protect Don't store you. food, but... Radiation, yeah. <laughs> but take crap all you want. Yeah. Nice. Interesting. All right, well, thank you guys. Uh, I, I, it was a bit of a phenomenon. I, I found it kind of funny. I saw that the other day. Did and, you know uh, that this was all part of the junk drawer? Oh, wow. No, no it wasn't. It wasn't? That was uh, the earlier segment. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. I'm absolutely positive. <laughs> Uh, we started. Yeah, why, did I, why did I bring that? We up? started. It was just like being at a fish concert where they go into a half-hour jam, and you're like, "What song are they?" Playing <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna take a break. Activate the Preston and Steve Show podcast, ninety-three-three WMMR. Everything that rocks. Casey is very casual today. Yes, wearing I, his uh, pajamas. I do have a change of clothes, but uh, why? Why? <laughs> why? Besides, Nobody's right? in the office. It's, it's, it's making me feel comfortable yeah. and cozy looking at you. That's what I. That's what exactly what I was thinking. All right, yeah. so I just kept these on. I, I PJs are awesome. I love PJ pants almost as much as Preston loves PJ pants. 
Well, I, you're I, always in PJs, right at home? Uh, yeah, I'm almost like uh, the the dad from the Goldbergs. Yeah. Only I to, don't <laughs> take my pants off and get in my underwear. I put my right. pajama pants on. I did go. I did venture out to Wawa the other morning, Sunday morning. Uh, we needed milk, and and uh, my son had some friends spend the night over, so I didn't. I didn't change. I just went to no. uh, to Wawa. No. Uh, no, yes. What you, yes. What you... you went in your pajama pants? Yeah. No. Yes. No, you cannot leave your Shut house up. in pajama it's pants. It's Wawa. No, I don't care what it is. I was wearing these in Wawa last night. No. Yeah. no. Yes. No. There's nothing wrong with yes. that. Oh, there absolutely is something wrong with it. Absolutely. 100%. Nothing wrong with it. Absolutely not. If they're clean and, and you have... You have uh, it doesn't matter if they're clean. If they're clean and they're, they, they, they look delightful and whimsical. Preston's yeah. like a little... That'd uh, be like me. That'd be like somebody, a woman, which I'm sure you guys wouldn't mind, but leaving her house in like her nightie that she sleeps absolutely. in. Absolutely. <laughs> no. Nick, Nick, can you tell your wife to shut up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're pants. I don't... They're not. What about they're the, pajama pants. What about sweatpants? I... I I think sweatpants are a different story. Not no. your printed pajama pants that you get into bed wearing. And it's nothing like wearing a nightie. It is absolutely nothing like Why? that. Why? That's it, what you sleep in. No, it is the, not like that. The, paja- <laughs> the no, pajama pants that I wore were gray. They they're look just, like sweatpants. They're just gray. But they're still, they're like the thinner kind of yeah. uh, baggier. Yeah, they're sure. pajama pants. Yeah, no. exactly. I like them. Oh, my God. You're it, you're so provincial. It's, oh, my it, I just say it's my opinion. Can I not have an opinion? I think no, you I can. look at you when you walk into Wawa wearing pajama pants. Uh, people's heads turn and go, "That guy's wearing his PJs." Yeah. Um. What do you have? But I mean, it's not like you're wearing something obscene. Like you're walking in in a chainmail medieval right. costume. I mean, I see it all the time. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll see, especially a, down like like a different example, the Starbucks in Roxborough. Yeah. I, apparently, there's a lot of college uh, kids in the general area. They'll come in. Especially the girls in PJs. Oh, I'm all not saying the time. people don't do it. I mean, check out Walmart. There's a ton of people there that have their PJ pants on. I just don't think it's just it's kind of a, not a rule, but I mean, even when Jace was little, we didn't. You don't leave the house in pajamas. It's not what you wear when you go out. You get dressed. You put your clothes on. They're going to laugh at you. No, they, um, you have clothes for a reason. We're going to get dressed before we go out. I, I look at Wawa as a three minute visit. I was in to pick up some milk yes. and donuts, and that's it. And uh, you, we, we. In- Slippers? Or did you have actual shoes? No, I, I wore slippers. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> unless it's pajama. Like shoes, unless but... it's pajama day across the state, get dressed. Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hard oh, ass. Uh, anyway, yeah. So I went to I went to Wawa. My you do ridiculous <laughs> fool. <laughs> um, wow. wow. A, this, the texts are really divided. Is it split? It's oh, really split. It's right down is. the middle. Yeah. It's what like about, Jimmies or Sprinkles. How, how about somebody? Wait, Ka- somebody takes in. How about yoga pants? Wait, hold on. Kathy is right. Kathy is in bitch mode. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's back to back. Uh, but but somebody says, uh, oh, and and I used provincial improperly. Sorry about that. What was the word I was looking for? Provolone. Okay. Oh. You're so provolone. And I hate yeah. provolone cheese. Okay. Yeah, I don't really care for it either. It's what? disgusting. How could you? It's like hate It tastes green. like feet. No, there's nothing to it. Provolone is lame. <laughs> Let's stick with pajama oh. pants. Oh, okay. Please, if you don't mind. But, um, yeah, somebody says, what about yoga pants? Uh, I'm I'm okay with workout clothes. Yeah. Why? I mean, why? You, because why? Because you're not working out in your house. But what about you're what, leaving your house to go work out? What if you work? You, 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 <laughs> somebody somebody with a fashion sense would show up at the yoga studio, change into their yoga yoga, y- I yoga outfit. I would never wear yoga pants to a restaurant. I would never go somewhere. Do you know what I mean? Would like, you wear yoga pants to a Wawa? I would wear yoga pants to a Wawa. Are yes. you doing yoga at the Wawa? No, but maybe then I get out. Yeah, but I probably went to yoga prior to stopping at Wawa. Or after? How lazy. Okay. Uh, hang on. Uh, there are people that want to comment on this. Let me go to Andrew. Hey, Andrew, how you doing? 
Good morning, guys. You know what you're not going to see this morning? What? A bird. A bird. When everybody's heard about the bird. Technically, he didn't ask what the word was. No, he didn't, but we did it anyway. All right, go ahead, Andrew. That's what I wanted, and you knew what I wanted, and you know my soul, Preston. (laughs) (laughs) You know his soul. I see right through you, Andrew. I know. So So I agree with Kathy, and I agree with Casey. So here's how I agree with Casey, then I'll get on Kathy's side. (laughs) If you were going in the morning, and it is 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock in the morning, you got up, you're going to get the kids something to eat, you're wearing your pajama pants, that's cool, bro. You do you. But if your trashy white butt shows up at the Wawa or the 7-Eleven at 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the afternoon with the overgrown jacket and the pajamas. I hate when my jacket gets overgrown. <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. You got to stop feeding it. You got to trim that thing. But go exactly. ahead. You're, you're saying That's closer closer to morning or... Early morning. Or now, what, or what about... Like, what about late at night? What about late at night before Betty buy? It better be like eleven o'clock at night. You better not have kids with you. All right, okay. It's right. like a cutoff. You have until like maybe eight a.m. and you have from like eleven to one, and that's about it. All right, well, yeah, listen, it's morning I, wear. Yeah. I, I, all right. So how about this scenario? You're uh, yeah. you're sitting down watching TV. It's eight thirty, and your pregnant wife asks you to go get you some ice cream. That's a different story. Mm-hmm. Put your jeans on and but go then, get her ice cream. But that's the thing; but like you don't, you, know, you can't judge. You, you can't judge because you don't know the person's scenario. Listen, and I know people Thanks, ha- people have the same um, have the same uh, problem with with yoga pants. Like some people think if you're not going to yoga or you're not working out. Because, you know, there's even like the, the um, there's a funny video online of these women who are going different places in their workout clothes except to work out. So I know that there are people that have a problem with wearing workout clothes if you're not going to work out. It's similar to that. I have pajama pants in the other room. Go get them. I'm going to go put them on right now. Yeah. All right. Trashy, here, trashy, here, trashy. I have an idea. pair in my uh, bag. If You've worn pajamas here. No, I have not. You've worn something that looks like pajamas. Never worn, I have never I left my house in pajamas ever. <laughs> So what what are you wearing here that looks so slobby? I am not wearing pajamas. Uh, I am I crazy, Casey? Yes. Nick, have you was there something like warm up pants? Do you PJs. really think I would? Yes. You thought yes. I came to work in pajamas? No, yes. come on, I'm being serious. You thought I, I really came to... do? I thought no, you had. Yeah, no, you're wrong. I'm gonna Eddie, change into no. him right now. Do it. Do you have long underwear on? No. I yeah. What? Yeah. Do you have any underwear on? Yeah, I have no. underwear on. <laughs> So Jesus not only Christ. not only are you wearing oh, pajama nice. pants, but he's standing in his underwear now in the studio. I just don't think it's that Facebook big Live of a deal. that it it's not. I don't care that I much. Got a I bat just wing real quick. <laughs> I just would never do that. Oh, double bat wing, huh? Yeah, I had to double bat wing. It. <laughs> All right, there we go. Oh, Ooh. oh, oh I know. Right? I am a new man. I know. I am a new <laughs> man. I'm, I'm gonna take my shoes off. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Well, listen, I think today is a perfect day to be in your pajama pants, no matter where you may be. Yep. I saw this article on Philly.com. I don't know if you guys have noticed this or not. It's from a, uh, a staff writer named Samantha Melamed. Uh, and she's a noticer, too. Yeah, she's a noticer. Uh, she, and you know what she has noticed what? all over the place? What? Are the little plastic dental flossers. Yes. And apparently... Casey's using one right now. You didn't even know I was going to talk about this. Yes, I did. Oh, you did. <laughs> I it, it's, it's, like you did. Oh, yeah. I mean, whoa, that's what so a ironic. But uh, what an actor! Casey, but they're like they're on like on the streets, like on the ground. Like people are just the using them anywhere and tossing them. People are discarding them 
like, as you know, I hate cigarette butts. Yeah. It's and those these are worse. These are even worse. They're larger. And uh, they have you, your goo on it. Well, and you could uh, like you could I don't know. Yeah, they're, they're pointy. You could something. Well, also, could, it's, it's, it's an animal attempts trash. to eat it or yeah, something exactly. like that. Yeah, you know, um, we used to have somebody here who would dis- discard them on the floor, and what? it really pissed. What Jack- subhuman was doing that? I mean, it's so funny because Jackie Bam Bam chewed every single pen in the building. <laughs> yeah, and he would get pissed off at these flossers, you know, on the ground. In the uh, not even throwing it in a freaking garbage can. No, and in the studio where what there's compel- a garbage can right there. What compels a slob? Who, do you have a name? Ask Matt Cord. Well, He's Matt Cord, right I knew you were going to say that. I don't think he was discarding them on the floor. I think they would just probably drop. But he he's one of these people that has them at any time. I'm surprised Matt Cord doesn't have a machine that flosses his teeth while he sleeps. <laughs> the guy's got the, the the brightest teeth in the world. Listen, yes. I'm a vigilant flosser. I floss every single night, but you. I, I don't carry it around you with me. Fan name. Vigilant Flosser. Yes, I am. I'm I right. This woman is very handy with floss. You've heard right. Call her now. The Vigilant Flosser. I was born in Moscow. I was first a Red Sparrow, and then they reprogrammed me with floss. <laughs> vigilant Flosser. Plaque gingivitis. They're going down. Yeah. I wrote it down. That's a good band name, okay. Vigilant Flosser. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, but I don't saying? carry these around with me. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Casey uses them. Do you buy those and, and uh, bring them in? I mean, you throw them away. I mean, you're respectful. I don't buy them. I just, whatever I find on the ground in the city. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's I, still good. Can't you use your shoelaces? Yeah. I use a, uh, yes. I have an apparatus made by Reach, you know, the, uh, the yes. brush maker. And what? You just did this at the end of the I, description. I, it's, I'm, I'm pan- I know what you're doing. I know, I know. This looks, I didn't do that. <laughs> I kind of did. Like I'm spanking it. You just made a mess in my mouth. And I was using my left hand, by the way. <laughs> anyway, uh, and you just replaced the the, yeah. the head of it, Nick. Okay. Uh, that's you know, what I have. You know, about the testicles. Like a penis. <laughs> uh, that's what I use. And that yeah. that is actually bought me around to being a vigilant flosser Flosser. as wow. well, Kathy. I floss every day. Yep. I never, forever, I was never vigilant a flosser. Vigilant flosser, come in here. We have a partner for you. Yeah. And, Preston uh, Elliott is... Male vigilant flosser. Because I would always my 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 I, there would be blood when I would brush my teeth. Ooh. And my my Ooh. dentist was like, "You got to floss." That's all there is to it. That's what that problem is. You're yeah. not flossing. So I started doing it. Where am I getting floss? Where am I getting I use a thing that they gave um, Doctor uh, Kristen Petula. Bizarre, my dentist. She, she, there's oh, a man. they have a thing that's like a little that's like what? a little rubbery spike that is really malleable, and that goes in between your teeth. If you guys use this what this thing now. No, it's I know little, what it is. Yes, it's, it's a little it's actually, nub. It's really good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm sorry, Casey. I messed that up. <laughs> yeah, don't worry, I fixed it. Messed something up for him. Uh, but uh, anyhow, she notes Samantha, this uh, staff writer, that uh, scattered among the cigarette butts, uh, little plastic implements are discarded on the floors of buses and trolleys and subway platforms, tracks on street corners and sidewalks. That's patently disgusting. Websites have uh, have apparently been devoted to broken, abandoned umbrellas and free ranging hair extensions, known as tumbleweaves. You ever heard of that? Tumbleweeds. <laughs> just these are things that people discard around the city. But honestly, uh, but she says that there needs to be one for uh, uh, for these little uh, dental flossers. That's just uh, why would you, why would you just throw it on the ground? They're just stupid. people who just listen. Back in the day, uh, when I was a uh, inconsiderate smoker, I would chuck my cigarette butts on the ground, but. 
I always looked to see if there were other cigarette butts on the ground. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not the only one, you know. So, but there, I don't know. People were just slobs, yeah. you know. Like I was, you know, that's the mentality the that built Nazi Germany. And there was a, there was a, uh, I was driving, uh, coming off of uh, an exit ramp, and there, there was a, a fast food bag just strewn all over. And I'm like, I'm hungry. Well, I was hungry, so I pulled over. I grabbed that and a few flossers. <laughs> Done. Um, no, but people just do that. People, there, there are just. There are just major a-holes out yeah, there. inconsiderate people. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to go to Mary. Hey, Mary, good morning. Hey, good morning, guys. How are you? Great, Mary. What's up? Uh, I just had a call in. I bought a house about five years ago, and the previous owner loved to use those flossers. Uh-huh. And I literally found them all over my house, <laughs> behind the stove, outside, in the grass. In the garage, I mean, like probably a thousand of them. So here's here's a person that has a trash can, yeah. probably, yes. and house several of them and just throws them wherever they wanted to, which you can exactly. do in your own house, but it's disgusting. Very much so. When I pulled the stove out to clean, I almost threw up, not only from the grease, but then these little flossers. There's probably like 20 under the stove. 20. Disgusting! Yeah. yeah, I don't get it. Is there, yeah. is there one thing in the house, though, Preston, that you Thanks, will Mary. just kind of like... Oh, yeah. I know. I know what I do. Nail clippings. I know. It's disgusting, right? <laughs> Wait, you what? do it? Like, you throw it behind the couch. Yeah, You're yeah, the guilty party. Yeah, you I'll throw it behind the couch? <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. See, I would rather it be on the rug in front of <laughs> right? me so I can vacuum it up. Yeah. And you know what else? The Hershey's Kisses we Reynolds Wrap. No. <laughs> oh, you really? Yeah. yeah. Listen, we will eventually move the couch from time to time every so few months, and then, then we'll vacuum it. There are things that you deem... Well, I don't know, but I, biodegradable, right? <laughs> Preston, you do that for the ASMR that you have because it sounds so cool when you when you vacuum all that stuff up. I, yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that's something that I'll just discard him. Eh. But I mean, yeah. it's my castle. It's your castle. It's your right <laughs> as a homeowner. Yeah, like, yeah. You used to enjoy going in your old house and going out and peeing out on the yard, right? Yeah, man, I haven't done it's that in a long time. What off the say? deck. Just off the deck. Oh, not <laughs> what I, I heard. Said, you heard shut it. That's yeah. what I thought. I thought you said What does that have to do with it? The Steve show is formally taken off the air. Right, right. Preston Elliott announced a gross act. He said just off the deck. Yeah. yeah. Um, My brain heard something else. I, yeah, I haven't peed in the yard in a long time. You're really? missing out. Uh, it is kind of... I bought a house just so I could do that. It's liberating. There is something very special about it. I don't have quite as much cover as I do. There is a spot where I can go if I want to. Like My kids zone? were doing it because we have a pool, and there's an area where they would go back, and they had what they called the pee rock. And Why they don't would, they just they pee in the go, pool? Hey, well, yeah, come on, man. Like civilized people. <laughs> and, and they would pee on the rock. I'm like, you got to stop doing that. Are you more, uh, I, I hate to go off on this uh, tangent, sure, but on. I have to ask, are you more inclined to pee in the pool or the hot tub? Oh, never in the hot tub. Never Wait, in the hot tub? It's small and it circulates a bit much. Yeah, but it's very, very um, the pool is chlorinated. Ju- uh, yes, but so is the pool, and it's much, much larger, and, the, the, and it's so diluted by the time it if gets you were to, to pee in the pool. a family member. Okay. Yeah, it's just like that. Um, in the hot tub, you're basically peeing on them. I got a text yeah. message, that, and, and Steve, maybe you could uh, agree. This. Yeah, because um, the, the lady who called in with the, uh, with the flossers that yes. were all over the house... Uh, what if if it was a cat that knocked the flossers all, you know what I mean? Like, cats like to knock things off the counter. So, so you're saying that, but why would there be a whole bunch of, 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 uh, flossers precariously placed above a stove? No, 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 they were underneath or behind the stove. Yeah, she said they were behind the stove, but she also said they were in the yard. They were in a bunch of places. Oh, yeah, that too. They were scattered about the My cats floss, and they throw them away (laughs) in the garbage can. (laughs) 
Um, let me go to Vince as a question. Hi, uh, Vince. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, what's yeah, up? I think it's I think it's gross about the about the flush as well. But what about toothpicks? I mean, yeah, man. Wood. I, I agree. Problem with the a toothpick on the ground. I've seen I've seen dudes just take a toothpick out of the mouth and just throw them on the ground like, like a cigarette butt. Same same mentality. Um, the argument that uh, this gal made on here was that at least that's uh, somewhat degradable. So yeah. that means she throws them away that way. Uh, maybe so. Yeah. Uh, so Anything the, the plastic. Yeah. I mean, Kathy, you, you and Thanks. I don't know if you still do this, but uh, like if you're eating an apple or a banana in the car, you'll Toss just it out chuck the it out the window. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, an apple core. Well, you do? Sure. I kind of See, stopped. I would not do that. I kind of stopped because when we talked about it, people gave me a hard time about it. No, it ain't that bad. Do you, will you hurl a turkey leg out? No, <laughs> uh, no, but it, the, uh, an apple core will completely biodegrade yeah. in a very short amount of time. And in fact, the ants can kind of have some fun with it. You're feeding nature. <laughs> you know, if you were yeah. in the city, would you throw it out the window, or would you? Are you no, okay. no, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I'd, I'd throw it out uh, if if there's a grassy or, or yeah. Wood, yeah. wooded area. Or you worry about right, the right. ants and if they're getting enough food. Sure. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> listen, an ant celebration. They're part of the ecosystem. Yeah. Come on. Thank yeah. you, Preston. <laughs> It's like a god to them. Because ants have trouble finding food. <laughs> it's like in the gods must be oh, crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Soda bottle falls yeah. out. It's clearly from God. And all of a sudden they... Uh... Have you guys ever... Except if the, the entire apple core lands on a colony and crushes them. Yeah. If you're driving on a highway and your friend or somebody is behind you, like you're, you're road tripping somewhere, mm-hmm. will you throw things out the window at them? No. Okay. I think that's funny. Will you do it? Oh, I've done it. Yeah. Like, like what will you throw I, I out? Have, I have flicked that cigarette butts and... Stuff like that out them, but uh, that to me is this when you were younger, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Younger I haven't and stupid. road tripped in a while. Well, you, do you do the thing where you drive around and you and you pleasure yourself with cheese? <laughs> Not with cheese. So much. Around North South. Yeah, around yeah. North South. That's where I used to do it. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, though, I like to suck on do pimples. not use Monterey Jack. <laughs> no. I've, no, I've uh, fantasized burns. Casey about, uh, you know, if somebody cuts me off in traffic or something like that, throwing something out of my sunroof at the car yeah. you, that's done that, you know, the offensive car. I've never actually done it, and um, but I, I've wanted to sometimes. I, I flipped a cigarette butt at my buddy George, who it was just, I did it just to watch his reaction because he was so mad and, and he was so douchey about his car uh, that I really... And I hope you heard this, George. You were. I, I just love to see it. He was so mad. It was great. Mm. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm reading text messages. I know you are. That was so great. <laughs> Is he still going on about that? <laughs> <laughs> People are saying now that if you if you throw food out the window, listen, <sighs> I'm not going around willy-nilly chucking apple cores I, yeah. out of my car every <laughs> day. I, I, I had the I image of you like Jethro <laughs> with like, <"Woo-hoo!" laughs> I couldn't even tell you the last time I ever did something like that, but they're saying that it, it will... It would lure wildlife closer to the real. This morning, radio host Kristen <laughs> Elliott admitted to being a chronic apple core thrower. Uh, at a press conference, a number of ants came to his defense. <laughs> yes, you're right. Whom they call Yahweh. <laughs> That's my god name? That's yeah, your god name. Yahweh. Yeah. <laughs> Think of the ants, people. Yahweh. All right, anyhow. Um, so, yeah, listen, if you're going to use these uh, flosser things, uh, throw them away for quite a let me Let me go to Tony. I'm sorry, Steve. No, quick, uh, Tony, you're on the air. Good morning. Hey, what's going on, guys? Gazoos. Gazoos, buddy. What's up, man? Hey, man, I, I work with my uh, plumber extensively. We got called out for a, a tub drain that was backed up uh, from his wife. It, her husband was throwing these things in the shower, you know, like brush your teeth in the shower. Yeah. He would just throw these things in the shower, let them go down the drain. We had to take a shot back. We shot back up. It had to be 40 or 50 of these things right out of the shower. Tony, they're clearly plastic. They're clearly they're clearly going to gum up the pipe. 
some... I'll tell you what. If we were jury, man, we'd shoot that guy right <laughs> on the There's no need for this kind of stuff in civilized society. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, Tony, you'll agree that what some people think will go down the drain. Mm-hmm. And and go away for good. Yeah, they're wrong. It's just ridiculous. They're wrong. It's, it's, it's horrific. The stuff they try to jam down that thing, man. Mm. So let let me ask you in your line of work, what's the biggest bees or you know the biggest hair clump you've ever pulled out? Oof. Oh my! Oh, it looked like a small cat. It looked like a small <laughs> cat had legs. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, do you do you just want to die when you see something? I mean, I know it's your line of work periodically, but do you can do you almost vomit? Yes. Yeah, yeah. My, my plumber is, uh, I work with my plumber. The smells are horrific, but the worst by far are pulling feminine products out of ejector pits. Oh, Women, you can't, if you're in a basement, you cannot flush those things in the toilet because it, it has to go into a pit. They have to be ground up and then shot up through the, the drain. So and, and, and basement toilets won't do that. Mm. No, no. Well, they the, they get clogged. The, the, there's blades in there that chop everything up. Yep. Well, so is it just the basement toilet? Because I had a plumber tell me that those should never be flushed down the toilet, like that any toilet. The That's the best rule of thumb. Don't flush any of that stuff down the toilet. I use a duvet. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forgot. I, I, I didn't. I, uh, thank you very much. I use pillow casings. The other day. I wasn't, oh, no. I wasn't even going to talk about this on the air. All right. I might have something no, to add. Is it at your house? It was my... that morning that things got real. Oh. It was at my house. Oh, man, you're going to get in trouble. And so we have puppies. Rochelle, start dialing. We have puppies. <laughs> and you need to keep the bathroom door closed because there's a trash can in the bathroom. Oh, okay. And so oh, I, I come in. The other yeah. Oh! Yep. I've been here. I see Rook, the dog, and he's got Going something red in his mouth. Going to town. And I'm like, yep, what yep. you got there, buddy? Preston. <laughs> Preston. It was oh, a used tampon. Uh, so at, 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 right over here. Oh, my God. It, it, when we were in Maniunk. In the house for like, for like a year. Our you took old, a picture? Our Preston. oldest cat, Preston, Mac. Wait. Our oldest cat, Mac, got into the wicker trash uh, container in the bathroom it looked like a CSI crime scene. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. my dog, Ooh, Somebody must be dying. My dog, Hershey, brought us a present at a sleepover. <laughs> <laughs> so all of my friends were sitting on the living when you were room a kid? floor. Yeah. Oh. I was probably like seventh grade. We're like, hey, what do you got, Hersh? Mm. <laughs> Preston, I'm so glad you brought it up, though, because... I have two kittens, and uh-huh. exact same thing, and I also took a picture. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't, oh That's why God. I just said to that plumber, because the few people that I did tell the story to, they were like, ew, you don't flush them down the toilet? I'm like, when we moved into the new house, somebody said, a plumber told me, don't ever flush them. And yes, it's disgusting, but it goes in the trash can, and yeah. well, not used to not having cats anymore, I, I forgot that their sense she of smell, would go in there. Right, their sense of smell is tremendous. And she so was like going to town on it. She was no. having so much fun. So Let's see. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, oh, God. Oh, my. The reason I took a picture of it. looks like the most adorable gynecological <laughs> ad ever. So I had to send it to Rochelle. And I'm just, I just sent her a text. You want to see something disgusting? Oh, it's so <laughs> awful. And then later on, we're like, no kisses for yeah, you, little buddy. 
right. You know what they should do? They should turn those into Kongs. You know? Preston, right? I, I had to buy a trash can with a lid. Yeah. yeah. Like well, a little mini trash can for the bathroom with a lid because I was like, this is this can't ever happen again. We this have is to put terrible. Our, we have to put our trash can on top of the, um, because of the dog, we have to put it on top of the counter. <sighs> yeah. We made a huge yeah. mistake. I, I, what do you want me to do? <laughs> My wife, like, would I said, maybe we can mask the smell by covering it in peanut butter. And that was a big mistake. That's yeah, a big yeah. mistake. All right, anyhow. This might be a conversation for another time because I'm sure some people have had a similar thing happen. I don't know. Maybe we'll bring it up tomorrow. Who knows? Uh, we got to take a break. Be back in just a moment. Stay with us. At Steven Singer Jewelers, everyone gets the perfect price. No coupons, no sales, no negotiating. Feel great about buying a diamond. Visit Steven Singer, the other corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly, or online at IHateStevenSinger.com. Always with free shipping. Steven Singer Jewelers. One place, one price. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Believe it or not, our next guest has been referenced many times over the years here on the show. Yes. Uh, through a clip of a flub of a person giving a newscast story about him. I'm going to play the clip just to remind you. So this is that. Right after the break, we're going to interview Eric Weihenmayer, who climbed the highest mountain in the world, Mount Everest. But... He's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me. He's blind. Yes, so that infamous flub is about our next guest. But we are going to welcome him here this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, please give some love to Mr. Eric Weinmayer. Yeah. Good morning, Eric. How you doing? Good morning. I'm doing great. Excellent, man. So, okay. We've been playing that clip, but he's gay for ages. How long ago did that interview take place? It's probably like 10 years ago. I was on a satellite tour after finishing the Seven Summits, and this lady, uh, she said, and I, I was like, I'm married. <laughs> My friends are going to harass me for, like, the next 10 years, which is true. I still have friends, like, calling me up, like, hey, did you see this clip? Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, yeah. I heard it. Uh, you, we were talking before we went on, and we Gosh. wanted to hold the story for on air, but you eventually did uh, another interview with this um, with this uh, yeah. anchor, and uh, how did that go? Oh, yeah, so she uh, reached out because, like, five years later, she wanted to clear the air and stuff, and uh, <laughs> she got promoted after that uh, after that interview. She, she, she failed upwards. Yeah, 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 yeah. So she went to Dallas, and then she had me on, and she explained. She'd had a gay activist on, uh, like, the interview before, so she got she got mixed up. But but the funny thing is, like, all the, like, a- after the, the YouTube clip, yeah. you know, there's all these people that comment, and they're like, oh, you know, he looks gay, and, <laughs> and like, all blind people are gay, and it's like, wait, my... You know, my grandmother's blind. I'm going to beat you up. And there's like a hundred. It's like we, people need to get a life. Yeah, well, exactly. Yes. It just in the framework of the clip, which became one of the, the classic, you know, when when they first started running um, these uh, news bloopers from around the country. Now it's a whole it's a whole thing. You can fall down a YouTube hole of just that. Mm-hmm. This was one of the first. And I think everyone was struck by the notion that in her mind, or just the notion that, can you imagine the daunting challenge a gay man would face climbing Everest? <laughs> Forget the blind thing. That's, that's a given. That's easy. But it was it was just wild. When you first heard it, besides being a little stunned, did you chuckle? Oh, I was cracking up. Yeah. There's, in fact, there's a YouTube where you can see my reaction, and that's even funnier because I'm just like, I have this huge <laughs> smile, and I'm cracking up, and we're elbowing each other, and I'm, you know, and I speak uh, to a lot of groups, and so it's like, 
like it's gold for my career. I was like, thank you. Nobody yeah. pays attention to climbing Everest blind, but you know, being the first gay blind man to climb Everest now, that's something. <laughs> that's an achievement. Yeah, I embrace it. Well, listen, Eric has many achievements, and uh, he's got a new book out. It's, it's release day. It's called No Barriers, A Blind Man's Journey to Kayak the Grand Canyon. So mountains are just uh, a part of what he does. And not only that, <clears throat> Eric is receiving the Explorers Award from the Geographical Society of Philadelphia. And to give you some perspective, other people that have received this award include Teddy Roosevelt, John Glenn, Scott Carpenter, Jacques Cousteau. Amazing. Admiral Byrd. So these are big names that uh, you're falling in the footsteps of. But let's talk about your life of adventure. First of all, you were not born blind, correct? No, I went blind from this really rare eye disease. It was about maybe two weeks before my freshman year in high school. I went blind, so wow. it was bad bad timing for popularity yeah. in high school. <laughs> it was it was a very accelerated um degradation of your eyesight or what What happened? It was a couple years. The doctor said I'd go blind from this rare disease. There's no cure. And, you know, I blocked it out of my mind. I was sure. just a kid, you know, playing and and uh, I started getting whacked in the face with the basketball thinking like, what is going on? And so your brain doesn't really accept it till it actually happens. And right. Then, wow. And then once it happens, you're just, you feel like you got hit with a sledgehammer. So was it just, I mean, did I, it sounds like it, it started to fade a little bit, but eventually when it was gone, did you just wake up one day and it was Yeah, dark? I mean, I, I, it's so crazy. I remember the day where I, like, woke up and I couldn't take a step. Like, I couldn't see to take a step, and I thought, what the, what am I going to do? Yeah, you know? yeah. So where do you go from that? I mean, you know, you, you have to you have to learn to cope to a, a, a new type of life uh, with that, and, and uh, it might send people into severe depression yes. or yeah, you know, sure. other, other problems like that. How yeah, did you I was frustrated, it? you know, because I didn't want to accept any help. And, you know, you, you know, at first when you change, you're like, hey, I used to be something different and don't look at me like I'm different, you know. And because of that, your brain gets all angry and you, you don't want to accept help. And then everyone is scared to talk to you. And, you know, so there's like a, an expanse between you and the world. And, uh, and you have to figure out how to bridge that gap. And part of it is learning the skills of blindness, like learning how to use a cane, learning Braille, learning technologies. And uh, so eventually I came back to the world, but it wasn't wasn't so easy. Knowing uh, at least just what I've been reading about you and about your incredible achievements and what you're just saying, I think I would be in the same boat. Like, I don't need your help. I, yeah. you know, I, no, this this cane means that I'm blind. This, you know, I, I didn't want the, I wouldn't want the trappings because that would that would cement and firm the fact. Were you reticent that way? Oh, as I well? hated my cane for a long time. I'd throw my cane off the overpass uh, of. I'd throw it out of windows. Yeah. You know, I'd drop it down sewer gratings because that cane to me was the symbol that like I was blind and I didn't want to be blind. And I mm. so I hated that cane. I hated everything. To do with it. And luckily, I had good people in my life who just were persistent, like my dad and my mom, that were really good. And they'd never experienced anything to do with blindness. They weren't experts by any means, but they knew that, like, acceptance was a big part of it. And uh, and so, you know, I actually, I'm not a very smart person, so I was walking without my cane, and I tripped, and I fell off a dock and did a flip and landed on my back on the deck of a boat. And, oh. and I thought, okay... Maybe I need to start using my cane. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, do you think you would have had this life of adventure if you had uh, sight? That's you know I've been asked that question before, and it's like I, you know I used to say yeah you know I probably would have, but I don't know. I mean it's it's so hard to say whether if I hadn't lost my sight, I'd be playing baseball and basketball, the things I loved to do before, and I might have never turned to the mountains. Nobody I, I knew was a climber. 
The only reason I went climbing was because I couldn't do those sports anymore. And my dad was nice enough to drive me up to this recreational program for the blind, knowing that blind people miss out on ball sports. And they'd take us rock climbing and skiing and all these other cool, like horseback riding and canoeing. I went rock climbing and hung by my fingers, problem solving my way up this rock face, using my sort of hands and feet as my eyes. And I just thought, this is adventure. Like, you know, so when I went blind, the biggest fear wasn't to like not see anymore. It was the fact that, you know, you're just going to be shoved to the sidelines and be sitting in this dark place. And, you know, you're going to be listening to life go by and you're not going to be in the adventure of life anymore. And Hmm. so rock climbing for me, I got up high and I was like, this is this is what I want to do. Let me ask you about that. Do you being blind, do you get a sense of height? Can you? have that sensation yeah being able to see it because you use um there's this really cool blind guy his name's daniel kish and he's like they call him batman and he teaches blind people this cool thing called flash sonar echolocation where sound vibrations are um are moving outward and they bounce off of objects and they come back at you so you're and you can even you can click to yeah. kind of hear things. You're using echolocation, exactly. basically? Yeah, That's like a bat. amazing. Yeah, so when I got up high, um, you know, you naturally do it if you lose your eyesight because you're, you know, now you're trying to figure out what other senses you got to use. And But you you, you would, you then, to, to Preston's question, vertigo wouldn't be something you would experience because I assume vertigo is, is informed a lot by what you're seeing, right? The only time, weirdly, I got vertigo was I was up on El Capitan. I was about... 3,000 feet off the valley floor, and I was hanging on a rope, and the rope started spinning, and I started spinning around and around. I was just in space, and I thought, I'm kind of dizzy. That doesn't make any sense. I'm blind. Why am I dizzy? Yeah. (laughs) So, and then, so at that point, El Capitan is, it's a sheer rock face. Uh, You're, do you think, because it's weird, I look at animals that that I've had, and, and, you know, they'll lose eyesight, and they, they just accommodate. It's like, okay. But yeah, I got this. I now I have this this set that I'm going to use. Yeah, and and that's it. Um, there are there are accomplished climbers who have a bitch of a time with that. Yeah, H- how how are you able, or, or is it as to Preston's question, is it that lack of fear that keeps you? No, adri- yeah, no. What I is mean- it? because it's so it's so hard for us to understand how you're doing this. Well, it's been a lifetime of figuring out systems, you yeah. know, being able to like climb frozen waterfalls by feeling my tool across the ice, using it like a cane and feeling where I want to swing and listening to the vibration through the sound. It's like scanning my way with poles and ice axes or following people that jingle bells. I put bells on their ski poles or ice axes. So it's constantly trying to pioneer new ways like kayaking was you know, trying to figure out how to be guided down these massive rapids. You know, uh, we use high-tech radio systems with uh, that communicate in real time. I mean, you don't even want like a half a second delay or you're going to get hammered. So that's the fun and scary part of being a blind adventurer is that you're constantly trying to figure out the way forward. And it usually takes me and my friends flailing and bleeding our way forward trying to figure things out. Erica, this is Nick. I wanted to ask you about uh, climbing mountains, uh, specifically the difference between Kilimanjaro and, and Everest. Yeah. Um, you and I uh, both climbed Kilimanjaro. and That was the hardest thing I've probably ever done in my life. Um, <laughs> but it was amazing uh, and, and doable. It's, it, for people who don't know, it's, it's 19,000 feet. It's pretty much a long, slow climb up. And yeah. you're, just, you're walking. But it's not technically that difficult. 
Uh, Everest, it, it takes it to another level. It's 10,000 feet more. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't ever want to do it. it. It scares the crap out of me, and yet um, you have. And, and I'm so amazed by anybody who's able to do it, let alone somebody who's gay. I mean, blind. <laughs> so um, I sort of had an idea that was coming. <laughs> no, I mean, can you, can you put in layman's terms the difference between the two mountains? Well, Kelly, I've actually climbed it twice. The first time I got married, that was really cool. We got married and uh, uh, up at 13,000 feet and then headed to the summit the next day. So that was our honeymoon. And then the second time I got this guy who's blind. He'd been blown up in the 98 uh, U.S. Embassy bombing in Nairobi, and he went blind, and he wanted to climb Kelly, and we organized a trip and got him to the summit. And so both my trips up there have been amazing. And uh, it is hard. It's strenuous, you know, but you're walking uphill, and it's steep, and it's a grunt, and you got to acclimatize. Everest is a little more technical. There's places on Everest where you could fall and die. So, you, you know, on those places, they fix lines to the snow and ice. There's also, like, the Kumbo Icefall, which is really uh, sort of a blind person's worst nightmare. Those are the, that's, that's the, 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 the fissures, the, uh, the, the, the sort of glacial terrain leading yeah. up to it, correct? Well, it's where the glacier collapses over a cliff and gets kind of sucked onto a vice, kind of collapses under its own weight and explodes down the mountain. And it moves, actually, like a meter a day. It, it doesn't meet Americans with Disability Act standards. Right, I was right, very right. upset when I got there. You found out that they had not accommodated no. your particular needs. Uh, well, to, to Nick's question, and, and I, I've gotten into a huge uh, documentary, uh, you know, uh, mountain climbing and Everest and uh, and uh, uh, K two, and, and you, you, your first real serious serious climb was Denali. Yeah, I did it in '95, and uh, being young and stupid is a, a brilliant strategy. <laughs> and so because you... I didn't know the amount of suffering that I would in, involve carrying this massive pack and being so cold and. Uh, just crevasses everywhere and, you know, altitude. It was in, just amazingly cold. It's it, a, it's a formidable, obviously they're all formidable and they're, they're all, they're all deadly. Do you, so you have someone in front of you, um, who is providing, um, you know, like with the bell or whatever? Yeah, the brilliant strategy of Denali is that you're actually roped together. So okay. a lot of mountains you're roped together because you're moving through a glacier field on a, uh, you know, and if one person falls, then the other people have to throw their, themselves down on their ice axe and stop them. Right. So you gotta, um, so you gotta move as a team. You kind of share the risk and the reward. So for me, I'm in the middle of the rope team or in the back, and and I can feel the direction of the rope. So even in like a whiteout howling storm, you know, you can actually feel the direction. It's tactile. Are you are you better off actually because your other senses are. In a, in a, like daredevil fashion, heightened <laughs> because you you're not thrown off by visual cues that might be throwing off other climbers. Yeah, there's uh, you know somebody said when you're crossing the crevasses on Everest, you you cross these ladders. You're actually walking over these four or five ladders lashed yeah. together. And somebody said, "Hey, you're uh, you got an advantage. You can't look down." And I was like, "Nah, you kind of know. <laughs> you kind of know." It's so I'd say if you were doing like a pro and con of blind climbing there's a lot more cons but yeah I, I i try to make everything into an advantage I, I you know like when i'm out there i'm climbing a rock a overhanging rock and i'm just up there out in space and i'm thinking okay i'm maybe i'm working harder most likely i am but how amazing that i'm out here just with this great team and these amazing natural beauty uh feeling what's under my hands and hearing what's out there and um you know so if if you got to work harder, then that's just life. You know, life's not fair. If you're just tuning in, it's uh, Eric Weinmayer who is here with us. Uh, he's blind. Uh, he was uh, the only person to summit Mount Everest. Wrote about it in his book. 
uh, touched the top of the world in 2002. The current book is called No Barriers, A Blind Man's Journey to Kayak the Grand Canyon. Let's talk about this kayaking stuff. Um, how did you, had you been whitewater rafting before any of this before and decided, ah, oh, that's the next big challenge? Yeah, after Everest, I started this organization, kind of a, the beginnings of a movement uh, that we hoped would become a movement called No Barriers. And so I had taken these blind and sighted kids down the Grand Canyon rafting, like big, you know, 28-foot boats. Yeah. That's a different story, you know. And yep. we only did the first half, and then we hiked out. And the, the kayaking uh, safety guide there was like, you should learn to kayak, and I'll take you down the whole river someday. And I thought... That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard, which is the way most great ideas begin. And this is, but this is post you climbing Everest. So how are we, how does that seem like a stupid idea after Everest? You know? Well, well. So coming down from Everest, you're trashed. And yeah. our our team leader PV, he said to me at the end of that, you know, you're just psyched because you're you're going to live. He said, yeah. don't make Everest the greatest thing you ever do. And huh. and I was sort of off putting, but. It was great advice because, you know, once you stand on the top of Everest, you don't just sort of pound your chest and kind of retire, you know, like, where do you go from there? So I'm going to sit down for the next 30 years. Yeah. I mean, which is a, which you kind of want to do, you know, like you want to say like, okay, that's it. Like, I'll tell my grandkids about this. Yeah. You realize that then that mountain becomes like a funeral and, you know, that's, that's the opposite of what you want. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But so the Grand Canyon was... Scary to me because you know climbing you're uh, you're you're able to take things and bring them under control you know through your mind and your preparation and your skills and your team, but kayaking you're going at the river's pace and energy. There's no breaks. You go mm-hmm. into these massive rapids and crazy things are about to happen to you in the next two minutes, and you got to react and respond to that. And there's not any time to really like say hold on a second i'm having second thoughts you right know? no timing is everything when you're uh when you're trying to traverse you know severe rapids and bracing yourself at the proper time getting yourself in the right position and you need to see to be able to do that yes so yes what, so you've got you've got communication with other people that are with you that are telling you what to do or how does that operate yeah it took us years to figure out a communication system that communicated through bluetooth technology and in real time relative real time but even then you know like you know harlem would scream you know brace right and yeah. uh, and then i'd brace right but you know at that point like i'd already shifted so now i should have braced left and i just get completely hammered so well, you're, part you're, of blind kayaking is uh is the acceptance of going backwards through rapids. Yeah, because you could get turned around <laughs> and not even know it. I mean, like in, in a flash, all of a sudden you're moving in a direction and maybe can't even sense what direction you're going in. Well, some of these waves, like, they hit you and you actually do a... You go straight up and you do a cartwheel over backwards and then you roll up and you have no idea. I have no yeah. idea which way I'm facing and I got to get, you know, myself turned around into the next moment where you know another 20 foot wave is about to destroy you so what what's the level of exhilaration as this because it's roaring i've 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 been in in rapids and we've done you know not not at this level Uh, it's super loud and you know you're able to sort of drink it in what what's the sense of exhilaration when you're you're operating completely on that roar and the movement well there is exhilaration but the exhilaration is fleeting between the fear honestly to be straight up it's it's the scariest thing I've ever done. And, you know, like before you go through a rapid, you like, you know, maybe on the Grand Canyon, we're eating some eggs or something and you just barely can keep it down. Right. It's just so 
it's so hard on your system because uh, you know that just it's all going to depend on me and how I react. And if I'm like a half a second late or any, you know, if I get off the line and I'm going to be fighting like to roll up in a massive hole or I'm going to be smashing face first into a rock. Mm-hmm. It's so it's it's sort of this hard thing that took me six years really to have just glimmers of moments where you're riding that line and you know you hear a massive hole on your left just broiling and roiling and a the waves hammering against the wall on your right and you're just squeaking that line right through the middle and you're you're like in the flow you're just reacting it goes beyond your brain thinking your brain actually is like an impediment to the process but it takes a ton of work to get to that moment Unbelievable. I'm going to the Grand Canyon this summer, and, and I don't mean this at all in an insensitive way, but I'm, I'm very excited to see it. I, I, I've seen it before, and I can't wait to see it again. Um, obviously, your experience when you go to a place like that is, is different. So um, do, you, do you have memories from when you had sight of what the Grand Canyon looks like? Does that matter to you? Well, so I, when, it, when I went blind, I was 13, as I said. But, you know, so the things I saw, like I love referencing these old TV shows and things like... The Brady you know, Bunch? Yeah, Brady Bunch. <laughs> and, yeah, uh, Greg's suit. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and like the wide world of sports. When yeah. I learned to ski after I went blind, I was skiing down the mountain. And my friend's like, good skiing, but you really don't have to do jump turns down a bunny slope. You know, so, you know, so, yeah, I have I have memories of things, but they're from a long time ago. So the Grand Canyon, though, the beauty of it is that I can experience it through my ears. There's walls that are miles high that are the rock is you go down into the basement of the earth rock that's billions of years old. And it's the schist that you can touch. It's it's incredible. Uh, And then there's fossils all in the rock that you can touch and uh, experience. So even though I can't see it, you know, you're really getting a sense of it through your other senses. There's a a world that that is available to you that we so we don't get all that we get a, a bit of that. Um, you're seeing like like listening to the to the sound of the water, the water against the cliffside, and and all of those things are sending you you cues when you're when you're kayaking. How many people are communicating with you? Because there was another blind kayaker yeah. with you. Well, or, or, the crazy part, yeah, I got I'd get off the river certain days and and like I'd be smashing into rocks and bleeding and swimming, yeah. and I would think, okay, there's a reason why there aren't too many blind kayakers in the world <laughs> or any. Yeah. And then I discovered. That there was this guy. He's this nut from uh, Indiana. His name's Lonnie Bedwell. He was a Navy veteran. And he was an amazing kayaker. Uh, And um, I invited him on the Grand Canyon with me. I said, let's be the first, you know, two blind people to kayak this together. Like, how cool would that be? Because the problem is, you know, if I go and do these things, uh, people go, oh, it's like he's an anomaly or something. Yeah, he's superhuman. Yeah, and that's not true at all. Uh, so two of us doing it, I thought, was a great no barriers message that like, hey, that, you know, we can all not maybe kayak the Grand Canyon, but access whatever that is inside of us. And two is better than one. So, yeah, he and he's a, like a nutcase. You know, he would go point me into this biggest hole in the river. I just want to see if I can roll up in the middle of that. And I was like, please help me avoid that thing that <laughs> right. he's going into. Yeah. Right? They called him Lonnie Lalondart. Lonnie Lalondart. <laughs> yeah. Because he was just, he's crazy. hes right. He doesn't experience fear. I asked him, I said, okay, one to ten going into this rapid. I'm a ten. What are you? And he's like, about a three. I'm like, okay, you're built different than I am. Thank, wow. thank God I called you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to a call. Our friend Tucker here, a longtime listener of the show, is blind. And uh, he has a question for you. Hey, Tucker, good morning. Good morning, guys. How you doing? Hi, good. Eric. How are hey. You? Um, I'm blind. I 
started calling blind when I was 30 from retinitis pigmentosa. Yeah. And I have people all the time come up like, you're not really blind. Do you get that? Well, yeah. Uh, like when I was uh, going up, uh, approaching Everest, the Sherpas, because I wasn't falling down and tripping all the time. You know, I was using my poles and kind of navigating. They started thinking I wasn't blind. And uh, so I actually... Uh, <laughs> I, I went into the tent with our head Sherpa, and I popped both my prosthetic eyes out. And I was like, okay, now do you believe me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Point, point Tucker, is, you can't do that I, trick, can you? Yeah, can you no, do, yeah. No, I can't do that. Yeah, so darn. Use you as an example once. Yeah. I was, uh, this is not as uh, thrilling as ever, but I was actually pulled a bar stool out. And some girl comes up to me and like, see, I saw you do that. You're not really blind. I'm like, excuse me? Because my girlfriend's blind, and she would never do that. <laughs> yeah, it's the same thing. The Sherpas were waving their hands in front of my face just to see if I was blind. And I'd feel the wind off their hand, and I'd flinch a little bit. And they started thinking, oh, I can see. So, yeah, the people are always playing little party tricks. I'm sure the Sherpas thought, man, this Thanks, guy's Tucker. really selling it. He took his eyes out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I had no idea those were prosthetic eyes. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah. They're pretty damn impressive. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. The guy paints them and everything. Yeah. I could get whatever color I want. I nope. need my eyes painted to look that good. <laughs> Why do you get prosthetic eyes? What happens to your eyes that you're born with? Well, unfortunately, after I this retinal retinoschisis, uh, I got glaucoma, which is like a really bad disease, acute glaucoma, where your eyes, it, the normal pressure in your eyes is like 14 liquid pounds or something, and yeah. mine went to like 100. You wow. know, so it was like a balloon that was ready to pop, to pop. so oh, it was wow. kind of gross. But anyway... Um, it gave me such pain. I didn't think I'd be able to climb anymore, yeah. especially going to altitude where there's more internal pressure. Yeah. Um, 20,000, 22,000 feet. Yeah. So I, I just, uh, so yeah, eventually both eyes had to, had to come out, which was a weird thing. It's like, that's my body, you know, don't yeah. do that. But <laughs> another thing that you got to, you got to figure out how to work through. Eric, I wanted to ask you about uh, something else, too. It's not all adventure sports uh, with you. You're a huge golfer, big golf fan, um, yeah. and, and I wanted to know a little bit about how that came into your life. Well, my family are the, really the big golfers, so the Heinemans uh, here in Philadelphia, like my um, uncle and his father, were Bill Hyman, they were great golfers, and my cousin King, I'm going to be speaking to First Tee, to his golf organization. They help kids uh, learn leadership through golf. So I'm not necessarily a big golfer, um, because I'm more, I'm not very finesse. I, I'm more like, yeah. uh, I beat my head against things until I figure it out. Mm -hmm. Um, golf is one of those tricky sports, but I, I have played with it a little bit. You, you, I assume you're using like, you know, a beeping flat, uh, you know, uh, 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 hole markers and things of that nature. Yeah. My favorite thing was to, um, was to drive balls. Um, and, uh, and there was a paddle court to the right and it was off the golf course. But for me, I got tactile feedback when I would land the ball in the paddle court. So it was fun to hear that ball <laughs> smack the, <laughs> I was hoping people weren't actually playing. Yeah. Right. By the way, uh, yeah, Eric's going to be speaking at uh, first tees, uh, leaders and achievers gala. Which, yeah. And, uh, uh, first tees, great organization helps, uh, you know, kids learn the, the sport and, uh, it's, it's really nice. My friend Brian works for them. Um, so while you're you're in Philadelphia, you're here for a few days. Uh, people can come out and meet you at the Free Library tonight. Yeah, I'm excited. Uh, yeah, it was fun to write the book. I took a year off of climbing. I emerged with coffee breath and 20 pounds fatter. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and I had this book written. So it was really kind of fun and torturous to write this thing. Are there any other adventures on on your list, or that you've you've toyed with the idea of moving on to and and giving a try? 
So I'm climbing constantly. You know that you know there's there's peaks, there's more peaks and more rivers than you have cartilage in your body to complete. So like in two weeks, I'm going to Quebec to climb this twelve, thirteen hundred foot vertical ice face. You got to ski in like fifteen, twenty miles. Uh, so that's like a three or four day adventure. Next uh, fall, I'm going to head to the Alps to climb some of the big north faces there. There are these beautiful rock and ice faces that are, you know, three, 4,000 feet vertical climbing. You know, you got to start with a small team and train and kind of read each other's minds and then race to the top of these things uh, when the weather is good. And um, I'm 48, so I want to squeeze in as much gotta as I can. Got to get it going, yeah. yeah. I got to tell you, I, I feel like you're having the opposite effect on me and... and you're making me feel terrible about it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I spoke to a team one time, and this guy said, uh, um, "I he, he was in the back, and I was like, uh, he said, uh, you know, that was the most inspirational thing I've ever heard. He's like, I'm quitting tomorrow. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm working for the man. Don't, don't say that. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's an amazing story, and your life continues to uh, uh, to be <clears throat> more and more incredible as you go along. So, uh, you know, we wish you the, the best in success. It's finally great to meet the gay man that reached the top of uh, <laughs> of Everest. And First gay blind man. That's First right. The seven summits. Yeah. <laughs> what a story. Yeah. yeah. No, it's cool. Eric, it's uh, it's wonderful to meet you. Uh, continued success, and thanks for coming by this morning. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Eric Weinmayer, guys. What a story. We are going to take a break, but we'll come back in just a sec. Stay with us. Jackson's Jeep Club and Spirit Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram presents MMR's Mother's Day 2019. Get dirty and get your Jeep on at Bridgeport Speedway, Sweetsboro, New Jersey, Saturday, May 11th. 15 bucks per Jeep gets you in and a go at the custom dirt obstacle courses and mud pits. Join us for another great day with our Jeeps in the dirt and mud. Plenty of room for spectators, too, with free parking. There'll be hundreds of Jeeps on site, Jeep parts to win, and you can even score MMRBQ tickets. Plus, cool vendors and food trucks including two street sammies and dhy motorsports mmr's mother's day with jackson's jeep club at bridgeport speedway tickets on sale now wmmr.com for complete details from spirit chrysler dodge jeep ram we're selling excitement at 93.3 wmmr everything that rocks WMMR presents Kristen and Steve's Bizarre Final. Two people are behind bars for allegedly running an illegal dental practice out of a bus. Man. In Miami. Found the greatest dental practice. They're in a bus. Yeah. Daniela Solberen and Victor Bernal. Were arrested early. That was my burp. Don't worry about it. <laughs> right. Were arrested earlier this month for practicing health care without a license. Bernal was also charged with possession of drugs with intent to sell. I go to a great proctologist in a minivan. Uh, during an undercover investigation, uh, officials scheduled an appointment with Bernal for a dental procedure. They arrived at the bus, which was in a parking lot. Uh, Solbaran had uh, diagnosed, evaluated, and offered to treat the officer. And that's when police moved in and arrested the two. They also sell hot dogs, Preston. <laughs> While police were searching the bus, they found a bag of containing various prescription drugs, including uh, lidocaine, uh, mepivacine, ibuprofen, and other dental products. Investigators are asking people who may have been treated by Solbaran and Baronal to come forward. Yeah, okay. take a couple of these. Yeah, why? I, I, this is a stupid question, but is it illegal to just do it? Let's say you were just doing it and not charging anybody any money. Yes, it's illegal. Okay. 
Yeah, I don't. I, I guess so. I if don't you, know. If you're performing, you're performing. You're to perform medical work on people without being, yeah, licensed <laughs> yeah, to do I'm that. Not sure. Yeah. Yeah. What if you have a nice van, though? Uh, I think well, you have a bus with decorative cartoons on the side. Okay. I think they'll give you some leeway. Well, look, that's a goat. That's adorable. <laughs> a Nebraska man arrested for DUI told police that he was driving, quote, like Ace Ventura when he crashed his car <laughs> into a tree early yesterday morning. <laughs> driving like Ace Ventura. Is that out the window? Yep. Yeah. Rocky Dumais was behind the wheel of a 2005 Buick Rendezvous registered to his mother at the time of the 1 a.m. crash. Investigators say Dumaez's car veered off the road and struck an uprooted tree, an uprooted tree in front of a uh, residence. The car came to a stop after striking a nearby retaining wall. Dumaez, who left the accident, uh, was subsequently taken into custody and processed for DUI. So, quick question. Was he driving like Ace Ventura simply to drive like Ace Ventura? I'll or explain. Was, okay. Dumas told cops that he crashed the Buick due to inoperable windshield wipers, which forced him to <laughs> a- drive like Ace Ventura. Okay. Uh, drive in the rain with his head outside the window. Despite that explanation, he was busted for DUI. Also, careless driving, leaving the scene of an accident, possession of drug paraphernalia, and driving with a suspended license. You've been there over the years, haven't you? Of where your, your your windshield wipers kick out, yeah. or you're in a snowstorm. It's dangerous. It's dangerous, but you have no option. Demise's uh, blood alcohol uh, was registered at uh, .137, and cops suspected that both alcohol and drugs played a part in the crash. Uh, he was not injured, but the accident caused about five hundred dollars in property damage. A woman went viral in Indonesia after she was recorded breaking past security at an airport and running onto the tarmac to chase down the plane that she missed. So she's running after it like I got a bus. It. Yeah. The woman was booked on a flight from Bali to Jakarta. Uh, she was scheduled for the 7.20 a.m. flight but did not make it to the gate before boarding ended. She had checked in at 6.27 a.m. and had been told that the boarding was time was 6.50. It's okay. I'm a limo driver. But even after three calls and a final call, she did not turn up at the boarding gate. And Sounds in, like Pierre. In video footage posted on social media, uh, the woman is seen making a desperate dash on the tarmac towards a plane before she is restrained by security members at the airport. Uh, the viral video shows her trying to fight off the guards before falling on the ground. Uh, the woman was reportedly taken back to the airport and booked onto another flight to Jakarta. Well, if you've ever bought hair dye, you know that it comes with instructions suggested that you should do a patch test where a couple of, uh, for a couple of days before they plan to dye their hair. Uh, they put a small amount of the dye on their skin to see if they have any kind of an allergic reaction. Most people only open the box when they plan to dye their hair, so they wind up ditching that step because... What's the worst that can happen? Well, one 19-year-old from France named Estelle is wishing that she had taken the time to do the allergy test because skipping it nearly killed her. And I wish I had a picture to show you guys because her head swelled up like a oh, balloon. No. Did it? Oh. Yeah. The teen picked up a well-known brand hair dye at her local store, and while she did do the allergy test, she only waited 30 minutes instead of the recommended 48 hours before doing the dye job. Shortly after she finished applying the color, her scalp started to itch, and then her entire face began to swell. Wow. Antihistamines didn't help, and she said that her forehead had doubled in volume. Jeez. And her head was like a light bulb. So, yeah, the top part of it got really big. It was really wild. Uh, She rushed to the hospital where they gave her more medicine and sent her home, but the reaction worsened. We're looking at it. 
Yeah, her tongue swelled up. Yeah. Oh, my God. It doesn't look real, right? No, it does not look real. It looks like a mask. Her tongue swelled up, making breathing difficult, so she returned to the hospital where she was admitted. They diagnosed her as having an allergic reaction to PPD, a chemical that is banned in makeup but allowed and very common in hair dye. Two to three percent of the population is sensitive to PPD, and now that Estelle is fully recovered, she's hoping that her story will bring awareness to others about the importance of doing allergy tests. Man, that's the truth. That you guys know, I'm allergic to the uh, the the height, the hair dye. Can't use it for the beards. I, that was severe pain that I went through on that. You know what, so you know what I was wondering um, because I'm making another appointment for my eyebrows. Uh, if that because they use like a kind of like a natural vegetable dye. I yep. wonder if that would work for you. It probably would. I've been told that there are. Dyes that you can get that don't have this chemical in it. What do we yeah. use on you? We use the Nutella. Nutella. <laughs> the Nutella didn't work. My daughter still busts my balls about that. <laughs> uh, but I'd, I'd try it. But at this point, I've owned the You're grape fine. for too yeah. long. Don't you Looks think it would, look, would it keep... look weird if no. I colored it? No. I'd, like to, I'd like to see it once, but this completely works. Kathy, I... are you going back to the eyebrow snob? I, uh, the eyebrow see, king. I'm be t- uh, the king, I'm sorry. Listen, he's a listener now. He Shut likes- up. Are you serious? Don't yeah. talk. I don't want to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're the radio girl. Um, shut up. <laughs> no, apparently a bunch of people went to see him after I mentioned it. So. Oh, well, maybe yeah. he's, he's uh, going to be a little bit more accepting. Yeah. <laughs> when are you going? Uh, I didn't make my appointment yet. I'm scheduling. You want to go with me? Uh, no. Uh, I'll I have to make special accommodations, remember, because you're not allowed to bring anybody with you. I'm going to give you seven words today. <laughs> what do you want to say to me? Yes. I, <laughs> one, love, two, three, coming here. Yeah, three more. Remember, uh, I would like to find out if there is something that would work. So, well, well why not? All right, and uh, there you go. So, I got in the uh, B file for you. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us. More of the Preston and Steve Show podcast after this. Interesting story uh, that Steve sent over to me, and I want to preface this by saying, if, if you're going to call him with comments, I, I don't really want to go down the path of you had somebody who was abusing you or anything like that. Yes, this is for crying out loud. Uh, but this does <laughs> involve, yeah. this is a, a stalking story, but... Um, who doesn't love the occasional stalker? Well, listen, well, at least you feel appreciated, <laughs> you right? You feel appreciated. Well, this is, a, this is, in the digital age, stalking is a, can be a more benign, yet no less yeah. psychotic event. Right, this, right, right. This woman... Her name is Jacqueline Ades. Uh, apparently went on one date with this guy. Uh, they met online through a dating site. Went on one date. She ended up sending him 65,000 text messages. What? How uh, is that even po- Over how long? She sent about 500 text messages uh, to him a day. <gasps> and it went on and on and wow. on. They ended up finding her... In his house, bathing in his bathtub. Oh, my. And uh, she had a knife in her car. She had, like, a butcher knife in her well, car. How is this lighthearted? <laughs> well, nothing <laughs> happened. I mean, not, nobody was killed. Yeah, you know what we're talking about. Like that. But, I mean, you know, it, if it was you, you know, you went on one date. One, one date. date. Wouldn't you be saying to yourself, of course this happens to me. Yeah. I'm the one. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> I tried. Here I am. I'm just looking to meet somebody. Or I reach out. I try. You know, maybe I've never done online dating before. I do you should it, date again. I pick the psycho. I pick that I pick girl. The one. That's I don't, insane. Uh-huh. I mean, this is a total first world problem, but I don't even like it when somebody texts me like four texts in a row. You know, yeah. put, put it all yeah. in one. Yeah. If, I, if I got yeah. sixty five thousand, you call t- them stalker, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, Listen, like, my. 
personal rule is I stop texting after 20,000 texts. Right. Not, you don't want to go into anything further than that. I have a friend who, uh, him and his girlfriend had, you know, a pr- pretty bad breakup. It wasn't anything, you know, too serious, but um, she had stopped returning his phone calls and he didn't like that. So he called her, I think it was... It was either three or four hundred times in a span of twenty four hours. Three or four hundred times in one day. In one day, yeah. It started. Jeez. It started at like. Who has two, that kind of time? It started at like two a.m. and went to like the following morning. It's at like 2 a telethon. I may just have called, and he. I mean, and we were friends with him, and so we were like, dude, and he was like. She wasn't returning my phone calls. Wait, wait a second. Oh, I was going to call her until she until she okay. answered my call. Is this one of your exes? No, no, okay. no, no, no. So was he leaving messages each time? You know, I'm I'm sure there were some messages, there were some not. Like it was it was just a combination of everything. Hi. But he Yeah, yeah. It Starts came like to, that. it came to the point where, yeah. you know, he he wanted her to answer the damn phone. Oh man. Wow. That sucks. You're not doing yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, do I, not. I, you know who it is? Uh, well, she said. Yeah, she went like this. She paid oh, time. So oh, I know. I know. I even know who it is. So <laughs> when I I had um in between my summer uh, freshman year and sophomore year, my I got, summer <laughs> of freshman year, uh, I had been broken up with, and when I, got, when I got back to school, we went to the same school together. Ow. I saw her like the first night of parties, uh, walking around with some freshman guy, and I'm like, "What is going on here?" Yeah. Um. So. <laughs> so what happened? So I called her many times that night. Okay? How many? Many. Not less than a hundred, more than twenty. Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the thing is. So my freshman year, we had to call like Bell Atlantic ourselves and have our own phones. My sophomore year, you come in and every every room has its own phone with the phone system and all that sort of stuff. What I didn't realize is that every time you left, you made a phone call. It said you got a call from, and then left your phone number. So and, and it didn't dawn on. So I thought, man, I was you know you were being sly and she I wasn't was able to. But it, so, but on, on her side, yeah, she was getting. You have a call from Casey. You have a call from Casey. Mm-hmm. So you were. Through the progression, we're appearing more and more psychotic. Exactly. I got you. So we never got back to you. Never got, no. When how did long, that ever work? Wait, how long had you been dating, though? Like nine months. All right, you had a history. Mm-hmm. One, right. one date. This is one date. I do sort of understand the of mentality. Of course you do. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a Mr. Mr. Second Story window? Yeah. Yes. And at that point, Steve, all got windows open. She wants to get back together. Thank how you. long had you guys dated before <laughs> Thank you... you. <laughs> The window was open. <laughs> she wants me. How long? You got how long, me. Nick? How long Ex- expl- before you snuck through the window? How Explain, long by the way, just in general, the uh, story. So, right, first of all, this yeah, is high school. So, high school. Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, it was total idiot. Yeah. I've really matured since then. <laughs> um, but uh, dated Casey is a uh, that's a loose term. That's oh, what I so thought. you didn't even date? No, no. We how many times, times did you French? Okay. Yeah, we Frenched a bunch, <laughs> and uh, and so then I drove past her house and and uh, decided that the best way to get uh, her interested in me was to climb through <laughs> home a home invasion. Open, yeah, second window and uh, <laughs> home invasion. <laughs> yeah. On paper, yes. it doesn't sound yes. quite as romantic, does it? Yeah. No. Yeah. You know, in my head at the if, time. You look, if you look on a police report, it says yeah. home invasion <laughs> slash yes. dating. Nick was yeah. no- Lloyd Dobler in this situation. Yeah. Steve is painting it, I think, properly. <laughs> but, but I swear to God, the, the rational, I'm, I'm not, 
an idiot. Like, no. I, I have sane moments in my life, and but it's a completely irrational <laughs> behavior of a somewhat rational person. But the, the thought process is, if I just get to talk to this person, yeah. they'll understand they'll where understand. I'm coming from. Listen, yeah, the, yeah, the yeah, one yeah. you're 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 stating very uh, very factually, and it just goes to the old adage or axiom or however you want to refer to it, love can make us all do crazy things. Right. Uh, you know, that was maybe a little bit uh, mm-hmm. on the spectrum was a little further down the road. But but to that point, uh, I, could, I could see, I sent him like 15 texts last night. 65,000? I know. Yeah, but just to put a, put a bow on that story, yeah. uh, she wasn't even home at the she time. But the dad was. The dad right? was, yeah. And I found out later, dad owned a gun. Oh, yeah. my God. Nick likes me. <laughs> well, fortunately, they didn't, right? They never actually found out that you climbed through the window or they didn't know at the time. You know, I don't even know if well, I ever even you were her. spooning with the dad. Right. And then... <laughs> no, I went into her and then she was gone and then... I yeah, there to, we go. To speak to that side of things, Nick, though, and, and I've been there before where you feel that, look, if I just get a chance to talk to you, maybe you'll, you'll understand... If you are, if you have that mindset and you are shut out, yeah. yeah, all it does is piss you off. You know what yeah. it's like? It's like being kicked out of a bar and just wanting to get back in. Yeah, you it's, know, it's irrational. Yeah, no, no, to try I just to I, get back in. I just want. If I can just, days. if I can just see her for a second or mm-hmm. him, right? If I if I just send him sixty five thousand texts, right, he'll fall in love with but me. But I think. Most of us, or at least three of us, then looking at you, Preston, and you, Nick, have done the drive-by after oh, a break. Oh, sure, yeah. And that's yeah. sort of similar. And the thing oh, yeah. is, Steve, have you ever done a drive-by? Oh, to just drive-by and, and just, yes. Yeah. No, like, not, I, I knew it was over. I just, uh, you know, I was in the area and I had to go see. Yeah. Well, part of it is to see what they're up to, and the other part yeah. is that they see you. Yeah. Yes. And, and then they go, then that's oh, my God, Preston. <laughs> It's dumb. Why did I ever let that happen? Look at the feet on that guy. Uh. Um, but I think with the, you know, we didn't have text messaging back in the day. I think text messaging Pony would, Express. would have been a lot easier, you know. Um, it also makes it easier to be a stalker, you know. Yes. yes. Any less creepy, you know what I mean? But right. you could get you get one sentence with a text, you know, with a phone call or a drive-by. It's, you know, there's a lot more commitment there. Yeah, right? a telegram the, the, is, the, is harder. Right? The talk, right? I'm coming through your window. Stop. So, so you're going to get hung up on because, like, man, if I if I do answer this, man, it's going to be a full-on conversation, and I don't want a full-on conversation. But if you could just, you know, parse out what you want to in, in three sentences, but, you know. See, in this case, though, what kills me is that, okay, so you've, you've been in a relationship, and then you can have that sort of hand-wringing and all that stuff. If you have one date and the person doesn't want to see you again... What makes what? Yeah, why what, would you? Yeah. Why do you want? Why I oh. don't want to be in a restaurant that actively acts as if they don't want me there. Yeah, right. Yeah, she's an extreme example. Clearly. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, I mean, it's just you know it's, exactly. Synapses are, are not firing. <laughs> yeah. Properly. This is uh, this is a person that <laughs> doesn't have it together. Exactly. Let me go to some calls though. I'm going to go to Alana. Alana, you're on the air. Good morning. Good morning, Gadzooks. Hey, Gadzooks. Gadzooks. What's up, Alana? I met this guy on um, Plenty of Fish, and it was really cool at first. Um, like, we texted every day from, like, the time we woke up to the time we went to bed. And uh-huh. he was so great. He met my kid and everything. We talked for, like, I want to say three weeks. And then he completely ghosted me. Um, so I kind of went a little crazy. I'm not, I'm not proud of it. Um, okay. But, you know, it started with the text messages. Um, you know, I, I would text him. I would say, hey, where are you? What, you know, it started out innocently enough, and then I found out uh, he had a girlfriend. Oh. Atlanta, where is he buried? Good. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, hang on a second here. So, so what happened? I, I, I want to point something out. Yeah. Casey and I looked at each other. And Kathy, too. And Kathy, too. Alana, yeah. you, you have a little bit of a crazy laugh. <laughs> I heard it. Casey and I, Casey and I, when somebody goes, ha, 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 like that, we automatically think they're a little bit nutty. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. But you're saying you're not, you, you're saying you, you regret what you did. I mean, I do. Because okay. I should have just let it go. Yes. But um, when he refused to answer, like, we had plans. Like, we had, and I know it was only three weeks. I will not be ignored. <laughs> we had planned the rest of our lives together. At least I did. <laughs> go ahead. The thing was, um, why would you let me know where you lived if you planned on not committing to what you said you were going to commit to? So, uh, you know, I, I know where you live. Oh, my God. So, so let, me, let, me, let me ask you to get to the full... Um, uh, 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 you know, trajectory of the story here. How far did you take it? Um, I went to his house, and uh, nobody, nobody in his family would come out. Okay. Oh, they were all afraid of you. <laughs> they were all afraid of me. And then, um, so I messaged his new girlfriend. And, uh, so, so you oh went to his house. My. Nobody in the house would come out. Now, did a lot of that have to do with the dynamite vest you were wearing? Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. Something had to have happened. Wait. What happened prior to? Did, did something go down that his whole family was scared of you and didn't want to come outside? I, I really think he just told everybody, hey, I met this girl. I don't want to see her anymore. Okay. Like, and she's at the house. Don't, don't talk to her. Well, why did you message his new girlfriend? Because I felt like he might have done the same thing to her. And when kids are involved, like, yeah. I would rather have a warning from somebody and be like, oh, man, he, he really, like, screwed this girl over. Maybe I shouldn't deal with him. And, you know, let um, me just, I just want to ask, mindset? let me just ask you, too. Did you, like, did you really like this guy? Yeah, I did. See, that's I what did. it is. I think that's yeah. what it is. When when somebody when they really like them and they're they, they're invested in it, their feelings are invested in it, and then all of a sudden yeah. he's gone. It's like like Nick said, like you just need to get in front of him. She drove to his house. Let me just get in front of him, explain, and and then he'll start to understand. You know, it's I think or, it's when they really have feelings for the person. Or did you just want an explanation from him, Alana, as to why he ghosted you like that? Yeah, I really just wanted an explanation. I wanted. I mean, not even an apology. I just really wanted him to be like a real douchebag to me. Yeah. Instead of like, oh. me well, let, let me him of him so wonderful. Alana, just, just talk to him again. in this case, let me ask you because I think this can serve as uh, as an object lesson for uh, for people uh, listening. Even if he had have explained, would that have made a difference? I think it would have made me feel better. Do, in, in that state of mind. In that state of mind you were in at that point, would anything he would say would would it have you you think it would have made a difference or would it just would have had just exacerbated the issue? I think it would have been better than not doing nothing. At okay, all, all right. Three weeks of, of being wonderful together. And I know you're being you're being honest. And listen, we've all yeah. lo- as you know, love can make you do crazy things, or the perception of love. Yeah. Or your your as Kathy said, you know. Got you to say you're you're very much into this guy. It meant a lot to you, so you can't understand. And ghosting someone, mm-hmm. honestly, and on all all sides, if you can just be yeah. honest and mm-hmm. say, let, try to make an effort to make a uh, uh, a a compassionate break when you break with someone. Ghosting is kind of yeah crappy. Yeah, I agree. All right, thanks, Alana. Appreciate it. Oh, by the way, have you found somebody? You in a relationship? I- it's you, Preston. <laughs> <laughs> Half brother now. <laughs> what are you? Are you da- you're dating his half brother. Yeah. 
Oh, boy. Oh. <laughs> Have fun at the family okay, reunion. Okay, Thank you, Alana. Tonight at 11, she called the Preston and Steve show this morning and alerted FBI investigators. Uh, oh, Wait, man. that's... I know. No, and then no the half-brother... Why would he have told me where he lives if he didn't... <laughs> she was like, well, if I can't have him, I'll have his half-brother. Half brother. Yeah. But because that'll get you into the, the functions. Uh-huh. That'll get you over to the house. And she'll show him. And she'll see him across the potato salad at the backyard barbecue. Okay, listen, I don't want to cross her. Let's move okay. on to something yeah. else. Uh, I'm going to go to Joe. Hi, Joe. You're on the air. Good morning. Hey, Gadzooks. Gadzooks, Gadzooks. what's up, my man? So um, I dated a girl for a couple years. And then when we broke up, it was, like, kind of more like a mutual thing. We were okay, and we were still cool afterwards. Um, about two months after we broke up, I had actually finally, you know, started dating um, and went out on a date with some girl. Well, she found out, and she had called my phone 317 times. So- in, in one night? In one night. Wow. So you you, you, you you broke, the break was nice, it was clean, you, you guys went your separate ways, but clearly when she found out you were with someone else, that flicked a switch. Yeah, then, um, so I, you know, I was in the answer room, I was on a date with a girl, well, the girl went to the bathroom, I went outside, I answered my phone, I'm like, hey, I, I can't talk right now, and she got so mad, we were still on the same phone plan because the contract, it was almost up, so we were just trying to write out the contract that we are both on, and she actually turned my phone off. Yeah. Because she was so mad. And I said, I'm, I can't answer you. And then right after that, my phone, I tried to call somebody and nope. How long were you dating her before you put your both your phones on the same plan? Um, About a year. Okay. And we were we were living, you know, together. Oh, all right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a year. A year's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're living together. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, just everything, you know. Went our separate ways, and I thought everything was cool until, you know, that night. And then I realized, holy crap. That, what, uh, was the new girl you were dating her mother? <laughs> no. Okay. Half-sister. Someone, she had no clue. <laughs> we were somewhere where I don't think she knew anybody, but apparently she got wind. And I was <sighs> waiting for, uh, you know, her to show up at some point. Yeah, yeah. Anything wow. since, Joe? Is it just, uh, is it done at this point? No, done. Completely. I'm okay. married. This was like uh, eight. Uh, eight nine years ago, I'm married now and everything. So honestly, how do you, I, I'm trying to think at my most active how you, how do you fit in 300 plus calls? Yeah, I mean, who has that? Time? When do you have time to watch TV? Another, after yeah. another, after another, you know. And this this other woman did it 500 times a day. Well, man. You're, you're committed at that point. Well, yeah, but Jesus <laughs> becomes your job. Don't you get calluses on your thumbs? I mean, and but it has to get so frustrating when they don't answer. You know uh-huh. what I mean? So then you're not thinking about how much time you're wasting. You're like, they're going to answer my. God, I would. I wonder if anybody's ever just given in, given in and gone okay. Let's, oh, let's give this a try. I mean, maybe you not to I mean? that extent, but I'm sure people have given well, in just... if the... we can give encouragement. <laughs> but just to not have to deal with it, like, okay, it wasn't that bad, so I'll just kind of hang on until she goes away or oh, something Oh, I think like that'd that. be a brutal... But, I mean, give in, and then some for some bizarre reason it, it works worked. out. You know what oh, I mean? It turns out I like to... You know what? 65000 wasn't enough. He tipped at seventy. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I wouldn't be surprised if somebody gave in just to uh, maintain, like, safety, you know, Right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. It's just like, all right, I'm Keep I'm your enemies closer. Well, no, I'm worried for that person, and I'm worried for the myself. Stick, the stick is texting me all the time. <laughs> yeah. No, but, uh, yeah, I, mean, I you know, know what you're I mean? right. You, you, you sort of can keep them under quasi-surveillance. Right. All right, I want to try this. We talked about doing the drive-by uh, in front of your, uh, your, your want-to-be lover's house. I'm going to go to Dave. Dave, you're on the air. Good morning. 
He's skiing on one ski. <laughs> He's skiing on one ski. I love that movie. What's up, man? There was a girl that I dated for well over a year in high school. When we graduated, she was going to college out of state. I was going to go to Temple. So she decided we needed to break up, which I didn't quite agree with. Where is she buried, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> They're all in the Rose Garden. I'm <laughs> in New Jersey. <laughs> so how, how did it how did it proceed? So I started doing the drive-by. Yeah. And I thought I was being real sneaky about it. <laughs> until the day my car broke down in front of her house. Oh. <laughs> and to make matters you were driving the Oscar Mayer Reno mobile. <laughs> I mean, is there? Could you even come up with a lie as to why you were driving past her house? Her big brother, who quite literally was her big brother, yeah, came out of the house. He walks up. He looks at me. He's got the smirk on his face, <laughs> and he just says, real calmly and collectively. Car problems. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, that's great. Let me ask you, Dave, as you, right. as you think back about that, is it, can you even put yourself back in that mindset? Because it must seem it must seem like it was another Dave, you know, that you don't even know doing that. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely not. I realize now that at that time I was obsessed. Yeah. And just what Preston said, I figured that one day or Actually, what you said, Steve, that one day I'm going to drive by and she's going to run out of the house and stop me and say, oh, my God, I was wrong. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, but you well, don't. You don't you, you, it, and it's hard when you're not in that situation to see, listen, this is all going to go away and, and life will go on because it's just, you know, we all want we all Talk, want that. Mm, you car know, problems. Yeah. Car problems. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> oh, my God. You break Dave. down in front of her house. That is so Doesn't funny. get worse. Thanks, man. Yeah, I I hope that I impart that if my if my kids ever seem like they have this hopeless situation yeah. in a relationship that I that I can say, listen, I was there, and and look, I'm an old man, so they they're not mm-hmm. going to listen to me. They understand, but I'm going to do my best to impart that information. But, but, say, listen, I was right there, just like you, and I thought this is the end of the world, and I felt so hopeless, and you know, and so needy, yeah, and that, you know, and. It's it's not going to be like that all the time. Can you go to line three? This anonymous yeah. call. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anonymous caller, <laughs> you are on the air. Good morning. Um, hi guys, how are you today? Doing Good. wonderful. So we wanted to hear um, your story. I got, I got I got the psycho, the top all psychos. Okay. Um, I was I was about twenty two, twenty three at the time. Um, glad I had this girl for three years. So I met her when I was like nineteen. Um, she wound up cheating on me. So I made a spectacle about her. You know, a spectacle broke her, broke out with her in public, so kind of embarrassed her, but she embarrassed me. Well, needless to say, the next couple of months of my life were living hell. She uh, did a drive-by, you know, one of those little drive you know, sneaking with her friends and, you know, driving by my house. And you saw her? Um, um, I didn't see her, but the cops did when she crashed into a parked car. <laughs> so she, want, she wanted you back. Was the deal? And she- I don't. I don't think she liked the fact the way I, you know, broke up with her. You know, it was kind of at a public place. It was at a bar. You know, I heard. All right. So, so this was purely revenge. This wasn't. I don't want to get back with you. This is. I hate you. It was more like I wanted to kill you in your sleep. Kind oh, of thing, but my gosh! Wow. Um, well, that was that was strike one. Strike two is I had a pretty successful landscaping business back in the day. I took it over um, for my father. So she sabotaged me. I didn't know it was her at the time. We had a few break-ins back in the day. Um, she wound up cutting all my lawn equipment's pull strings. Whoa. Oh, man. How can you start a lawnmower without a exactly. pull string? Yeah. 
So I thought it was just young punks in the neighborhood, so I didn't think nothing of it. But then I found out it was her. Well, that tops nothing compared to what I'm about to tell you. So after the long summer, I usually take a vacation in the wintertime, or used to take a vacation in the wintertime. I go to Vegas for like a long week, got a couple of days um, with a buddy of mine, uh, my partner at the time. Um, well, needless to say, we were out in Vegas, you know, having a good time, going to bars, going, take, you know, taking girls home or whatever. Um, get back a couple of days later, I get a phone call. How was Vegas? I'm like, okay, so she knew I was in Vegas. She knew everything I did. And the reason she knew everything I did is because she found um, when I was going and went with her friend to Vegas. Oh, she was. Wow. She flew to Vegas and was surveilling you in Vegas? Um, from what I understand, I don't know what she did while I was there, but she knew everything I did. She knew what the girls looked like that I brought home. Oh, my um, God. Dude, she knew where I went to eat. She was in disguise, she dude. She was I, dressed I, as Steve Wynn. I, she could have, I don't know. It was, it was like nerve-wracking. It was Wayne crazy. Newton? Wow. She, she, had like to, she had to have disguised herself, and she was hanging around, and you were, well, you're were yeah, on I vacation. Mean, you're not thinking to look around for people exactly. you know. You guys have been to Vegas, so, I mean, there's, there's millions of people. I'm not going to recognize one person there. Wow. wow. And you so does that for her, what, Did a cold chill go down your spine? Oh, yeah. It was one phone call away from getting a restraining order, but, yeah. you know, it was kind of like... I, you know, changed my numbers. You know, that was that. And right. Heard from her since then. But, yeah, it was, that was that was crazy. Clearly she doesn't know that what happens in Vegas stays, stays in Vegas. Stays in yeah. Vegas, yeah, right? Listen, that's completely 100% psycho. However... That's like a that's like a mission that she asked her friend. She was like, "Do you want to do this?" Yeah, and they were like, "Yeah, yeah. what are we flights, doing? Let's go. We're, we're flying to Vegas. We're, we're flying to Vegas to look at my old boyfriend." Uh, but I bet oh. you, I bet you, they had so much fun, like being oh. undercover detectives, and, and, trench coats, yeah, and yeah. Big, big bushy mustaches, and dark cla- glasses, and the whole thing. I like that you're impressed by her dedication. I, I'm like, I kind of, Steve, I, I'll well, go with somebody. Yeah. They probably did where one got on the other's shoulders yeah. and they had a really long I trench would coat. Love to purchase. <laughs> Ticket to the buffet, please. <laughs> well, and I'm, glad, many... I'm glad Kathy. Uh, I'm glad Kathy is laughing at my mistake. <laughs> how many years ago was this? Oh Christ, this was 25. Okay, years ago. all right. So, so, so with any luck, yeah, she's dead. It was a simpler oh, time. Right there. <laughs> she's not, and if she's listening. Uh, my name's not anonymous, and uh, I'm sorry. No, uh, yes, yes, exactly. Sorry, yeah, I appreciate it. All right, we'll see you later. All right, another call. We're going to have to take a break in a moment. But it's a friend of ours from uh, Live Nation, our buddy uh, Jeff Gordon, has a story he wants to share. What's up, bud? How are you? How are you guys doing? Good, man. What motivated you to call in this morning? I'm looking at uh, stories of uh, relationships and haven't had my share of interesting relationships. So I thought maybe I'd just call and talk about it. Okay. Give us. You're in a a high profile gig. Is this in your. Has this happened during your professional life or does this go back to, you know, high school and so forth? Well, no, this is during my professional life. Okay. All right. Give us. Give us the uh, the home run. Give us the one that immediately uh, rises to the top of them all. Okay, as as you guys know, we do a lot of work at the Borgata in Atlantic City. Yes. We have ever since it opened up. And there's a DJ there called Samantha Ronson. He's Marky Ronson's sister. Yeah, yeah. Anybody knows Sammy, Sammy David Lindsay Lohan. And my ex at the time was a little jealous because I'd work a lot and uh, called me one time. When I was in the DJ booth, I said, excuse me, I, I got to go. Let me go take this call. I said, hey, how you doing? Who's in the background? I heard a girl. I said, "Yeah, it was Samantha Ronson." <laughs> okay, are you sleeping with her? 
Am I sleeping with Samantha Rossi? <laughs> I'm pretty sure she does not want to sleep with me. No, Samantha, Samantha Ronson Ross, is so lesbian, she's almost straight. Yeah. She goes, I want to talk to her. I'm like, well, she's spinning records right now. No, I want to talk to her right now. So I had to go up humbly to Sammy and say, can I grab you for a minute? <laughs> to, to, to someone who's a high-profile entertainer, you had to put her on the phone. In the middle of a set. <sighs> and an openly gay woman. <laughs> I mean, staggeringly gay. And she explained to her, she said, you know who I am, my girlfriend's in the and probably see me on TMZ or whatever. <laughs> oh, how, I, how bad did you feel? How much of a rube did you feel? Well, at, the, at this point in the relationship, I, I wasn't surprised. And yeah. my family and also Sammy, that she kind of like, I said, I hate to do this to you, but can you just get me off the hook here? <laughs> oh, my God. My, my heart goes out to you, man. So long story made short, within 45 minutes, she was down at the Borgata with two of her friends, not believing who Samantha Ronson was. And she was there, it's a running joke with Sammy and I about how Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, yeah. That's, that's crazy. That's just too, that's, it, it, it couldn't be, the story couldn't be any more bizarre had you been in the, in the <laughs> DJ booth with Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah. <laughs> Well, she did say at one point, she goes, you realize I look like a little boy, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's cool of her oh to say that. Yeah, yeah. All right, Jeff. Good to hear God. from you, ma'am. Love you guys. Right, love you next week. See you later. Yep, absolutely. All right, anyhow. That's funny. Um, so, you know what I didn't share in a detail of this because I didn't want it to go down this particular path, yeah, yeah. but... Uh, it's a little bit farther than uh, than just sixty five thousand text messages a day. Uh, apparently, they they found okay, so they found a uh, she was in his bathtub. Yes, uh, they found a large butcher knife in the passenger seat of her car. Uh, she was taken into custody, and after she was released from jail, she allegedly started sending more threatening text messages to the victim. Some of the messages alluded that. Uh, "Quote may harm, may harm may come to him." Oh, jeez! And in fact, mm. uh, one of the uh, she allegedly left a message that said, "Don't ever try to leave me. I'll kill you. I don't want to be a murderer." <laughs> and she also said that uh, she wanted to wear his body parts and bathe in his blood. Okay, oh, all right. So she at least she had a plan. She's reaching out. And by the way, the butcher knife was 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 from Sherry's butcher's knives. Sherry's butcher's knives. <laughs> wow. All right. Anyhow, thanks for your calls. I appreciate it. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. What's new? Glad you asked. Thrice. Shine now. Papa New music. More of everything that rocks. On 93.3 WMMR. I stumbled across this article. Very interesting. And, uh, you know... Love between a man and a woman is a beautiful thing. Especially if it's on video. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Don't you agree? Uh-huh. Yeah. I'd have to yeah. agree with you on that. <laughs> and and as wonderful as expressing that love through human touch and yeah. and uh and and well, getting it on. Right. I'm being nice because Bill's here this morning. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. This is about sex. Yeah. Hardcore monkey humping. Yeah. Like, but people who get, uh, we're taking it to the Kama Sutra level where the, where people get a little creative, right? And what they well, do positioning. Mm, 
maybe not. I, I saw this article and it talks about uh, the the potential for injuries during sex. And, and there are there are many potentials. Yes, there are. And what I was surprised to find out, Steve, is no. You don't need to use chalk. Uh, no, not that. Not not all these uh, bizarre tantric and and Kama Sutra esque positions. You there are some some of the more common ones are the ones where you can get injured the most. Well, because technically. The vast majority of people are engaging in those top yeah. menu items. So, so there's there's when they more. say more shark attacks occur in three feet of water, well, that's where people are. Yes. So more sex attacks occur in three feet of water. Uh, maybe I don't. I don't <laughs> like water sex personally, yeah. but. Uh, anyhow, heart attacks are actually four times more deadly than those suffered during less intimate physical activity. One of the reasons lies in the couple's fear of embarrassment at one or both of them being seen naked, which research shows leads to delays in them calling for help. So people, a lot ah. of people more end up dying because they want to, let me, let me get my jam jams on. In that situation, yeah. Uh, um only one in eight patients survive a heart attack during lovemaking compared to half of those whose uh, ticker failed during exercise or sport. Have you ever been going uh, at it so uh, um, emphatically that you thought you were, might be heading into heart attack zone? Uh, no. Yeah. Have you had a, a moment? No, but I understand. A flutter? No, I just sit there. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm the one holding the camera. Right. No, the... Uh, um, but I, you know, you can get a real sweat on, and and really, obviously, yeah. you know, be energetic. But I, you know, for some people, uh, you know, it's that's the dream to go out having sex. Yeah, but there are other dangers as uh, instead of just a, a heart attack. So you know, ticks. Uh, well, no, I mean, hopefully you're not doing it out in the woods. But there are uh, there are injuries that can take place uh, uh, during this, and, and not only do I have. What potential injuries, but I have some suggestions, some safety advice on what you can do to avoid injury. Okay, I haven't ever had the fear of a heart attack, but I've had the fear of the break. Yes. And these that sex is, safety tips? And that is, these are sex safety tips. Thank you very much. So the time for some know. shoe shopping. Yeah. <laughs> no. I don't need these. But the, uh, yes, Steve, the breaking is one of the it, it's it's in several different uh sexual scenarios that that can take place. Right. And and I think I've come close. Mm-hmm. Um you know uh and it it hurts. It hurts. It hurts. Yeah, when all of a sudden uh somebody uh-huh. somebody zigged when they should have zagged. Yeah. And ow. Uh so we will begin with the the standard missionary. Uh there is the, here here's the the risk for her. There's a danger of potential back pain for the woman. If her back is not supported, well, that's an obvious. Mm-hmm. I mean, if if you're uh, you know if if you're at the uh, retirement home and Maud can't quite get up on the bed right, it's my back. Uh, for him, it's a risk of the broken unit that can happen in what? in the standard missionary. Now, the safety advice. Here's your sex safety tip number hey. one. Can I have like a ding or something like that? Sure. Sex safety tip number one. Uh, use pillows to raise her hips and support her back. That's an obvious. How about that? Yeah, you could try that out. What about a helmet? Uh, if you want to, if that makes you feel more comfortable. <laughs> just quick, just chin strap. Yeah. All right, ready to go. All right, so now this says the standing straddle. Okay. Uh, I don't, I'm not a fan. What, uh, Too much work. work. Yeah. The, the, I don't know what the stand... You're, you stand, she straddles you, and okay. so you got to hold oh. her up and, and uh, grab yeah, underneath yeah, and yeah, give yeah. her I, uh, okay. that's a That's a good one. Okay. It's, it's a good one. It's just... Heavy. Is it, most guys can't pick me up, though. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we get yeah. into trouble. I hear you. 
Uh, the biggest risk is the woman being dropped if he loses balance. Yeah, I mean, listen, go. it looks For good her. in movies and stuff. Yes, right. That's too much work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you guys ever done? Because you also see in movies all the time where they're about to do it on the table or the desk, and they just throw everything off the desk. And you're like, we, I got to do this now. I've yeah. done it. You've done that on the uh, yeah with the um, well. Let's just say someone who might be my wife uh, on the. Um, <laughs> There's an island in our uh, in our old kitchen. Okay. Ah. Everything wow. shoved everything yeah, up. That's yeah, kind yeah. of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Out of hell with all of this. Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, wait, just going to have to clean that up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Then later on. This is like stuff I don't really care to know about you guys. <laughs> I'd love to know about that. Yeah. I didn't know we know we're not going to get any uh, any stories out of you. Yeah, so we're, we have to make up for this, clearly. I've done the pool table thing before. Uh, yeah, we do and they kicked you out of the place. Yeah, and yeah, then we had <laughs> to leave. All right, so anyhow. Uh, Family this... billiards does not allow that. <laughs> the standing straddle, uh, the danger for him is a real chance of causing lower back strain and pulled neck and arm muscles. If you're, if you're not in shape or you're not strong enough to do it, in the height of passion, the endorphins are flowing and you might think you're a little superhuman, mm-hmm. but you're not. Uh, plus a damaged manhood as well. The safety advice. Here's your sexual safety tip here. Make sure the man is strong enough to support his lover's weight, and she should lean against a wall or furniture for support. Pick me up, lover. (laughs) I I don't think I can. Come on. No. Um, Yeah, obviously these are... You should do a quick assessment of your physical capabilities before you get involved in something like that. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, you ever do the thing where you're uh, in an apartment building and you go out on the balcony and you hold your lover by the ankles and then she performs on the guy who lives below you? <laughs> no, no, that's that uh, awesome. Is there a name for that? <laughs> yeah. It's called Howdy Neighbor. It's the Upper Decker. Oh. That's what that is. Howdy Neighbor. I like the Howdy Neighbor. <laughs> Speaking of Howdy, uh, Cowgirl. Do we have any, like, Western... Uh, good, of course use we that do. new Western music that we have, Casey, from the uh, the classical files, if oh, you would, please. So, uh, oh, wait. Uh, I, I, I know yeah, there you go. Uh, there you go. No. That's terrible. Lord this of the one. Rings? Here we go. Yeah, yeah. No. All right, uh, Cowgirl. Analingus, it's yeah. what's for dinner. <laughs> I am Robert Mitchum. <laughs> Hell, my favorite part of dinner is the salad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, so the, the injury is potentially for her. Uh, it says, beware of bouncing too hard as it can be painful for the woman. Well, she's totally in control of that. Well, yes, no, that is exactly correct, Preston. That that is, uh, she needs to be, yes. or depending on what your configuration is or gender configuration, you're the person who is the cow uh, girl or cowboy needs to be monitoring how hard they're <laughs> slamming down on the person they're on. Yes, and on the, the horse, let's call them the potential uh, risk for the man. And I think that this is the definitely riskiest for the fracture. Exactly. In, In fact. This particular one. The times that I've come close to having that was mm-hmm. exactly that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, <laughs> sexual safety uh, tip for you on this particular one just says that uh, you need to. Yeah, I need my sexual safety I tip. Can't. Ding. I can't. It's, it's, it's uh, thank you, Steve. Uh, it says take time and stay in control to prevent slippage. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just the courteous yeah. thing to do. Yeah. I, and I think that's pretty self explanatory. You lost it, Case? Yep. Oh, that sucks. Uh, all right. The wheelbarrow. Yes. 
uh, is in the garage. Uh, yes, it is. I hope so. But uh, the danger for her, beware of face planting on the floor. <laughs> It's true. Also, sometimes uh, the bricks you're transporting on her can be a little heavy. They can get a little heavy. Uh, No, and uh, lower back pain if the core is not properly engaged. Mm Mm-hmm. So you got to use your your stomach muscles. You got to use your core muscles. Back pain seems to be like the a big lot, thing, yeah. Right. Well, yeah. people in any of these, you're looking for a little razzle dazzle. This usually comes in the earlier stages of dating. You know, when you're you're first uh, exploring the parameters, and you yeah. you want to you want to be uh, Chris Angel. You yeah. wanted to freak out. Yeah. <laughs> Kathy seems like a wheelbarrow kind of. Guy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> Let's. I'm going to let's here's here's my fantasy scenario. I'm a recently deceased corpse. <laughs> oh my and you're a perverted doctor. Oh god. Wake me up when it's over. Uh so That's anyhow. That's the role play. I just drank six ounces of NyQuil. You have to be you have to be uh careful of the face plant. And then for a guy, this athletic position could result in uh, thigh and back strain. Mm, Have you okay. ever had a, uh, I mean, uh, besides the the ones the main we're talking about, or just a muscle pull or anything during, during? Oh, God, yes. Yeah. A cramp. It, you, it, oh, man. And, and I had a full-blown Charlie horse. You're done. Yeah. At that point. I mean, you can revive later on, but but for the time being, forget it. There's there's no going on uh, at that point, at least for me. I've had, yes, I've had a, a Charlie horse. Do you ever have a, a Charlie horse while you're by yourself? No, I don't think I have. That's a dilemma. That's oh, yeah. I, I no. Well, I came close. C A M E. Uh, in in uh, uh, yes, once. Um, and that was. Uh, you know what I did though? Uh, I did somehow during sleep about six seven weeks ago. I got a Charlie horse, and I literally fell out of the bed onto the floor because... Uh, that sucks. But I thought in my dream, I'd like, hey, I'm dreaming. I'm having a Charlie right. horse. But I really did. Uh, my buddy, poor thing, uh, his <laughs> wife suffers from lockjaw. Oh, man. Seriously? So, yeah, so she... What's he that? had to go to work not... like that. Uh, so she can't... Uh, you know Estelle. Can't do that anymore? <laughs> she can't do the... Yeah. Oh. She can't orally please really? anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. So I, th- just... I, I thought she clamped. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. Like, your mouth can, you can lock up You'll open. know, Betty. Uh, good to see you. No, not like that. Like, uh, oh, like wide open. open. Yeah, if you wow. can get a cramp if you oh. open your mouth too wide. Oh. Interesting. Yeah, I uh, too. Uh, yeah, I'm sure you do, <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, locked you And my lady part's sealed over, <laughs> and my hands are arthritic. <laughs> <laughs> the hands. And my butt doesn't work. <laughs> I think I've covered it all. That's not what the butt's for. That's yeah. <laughs> an, it's, an exit wound. Uh, so the safety advice okay. for the wheelbarrow, your uh, sexual safety tip on this, uh, place pillows down in front to soften the fall. Yes. Oh my, so you are going to fall. Mm-hmm. Just make sure just put, there's cushion. Just put a pillow right there Whoa. so you can face plant into it. And the man can also lean on the wall for support. It's what, leaning sideways, I guess? No, that no, that yeah, you could, I guess. Yeah. All right. Also, just know how know your level of strength. Yeah, right. I mean, you're don't, not going to go to the gym and put 500 on. pounds. Right. On the, uh, yeah. If you're not going to do that, don't yeah. try to pick up Bertha. Mm-hmm. Come on. Uh, this says kneeling. 
Uh, for her, there is a risk of carpet burns yeah. and knee strain for both parties. This is no revelation here. This is, no. you know, yeah. This is just standard what's, stuff. What's the safety tip? Put down something that won't burn your legs? Well, by the way, plus lower back strain for the woman as her partner is, uh, you know, doing his thing. And uh, slippage is a problem as well, especially when the couple is mismatched in height. Yeah. Safety advice for this one? Dwarfs. Oh. <laughs> Dwarfs. Use a cushion under the knees and hold uh, onto each other to get more support. You are the best. So using uh, using cushions seem to be the regular there thing. There you here. go. I think so. Hey, can I ask you guys, uh, have you guys ever seen, I think it's called a neck room massage. Is that it? Um, a, where, ne- a neck room massage? All right. I, you know, it, I'm, I'm intrigued. I actually. Is this uh, <laughs> something erotic? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually it's Asian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's usually like a. Uh, like a silver or gray inflatable bed, and the chick just covers herself in this gel, this uh, lubricant, yeah. and massages your body with her body. Have oh, you she, guys never... she like rolls all over you? Yes. Oh, that's you got to see it. I've heard it's... of a Nehru Nehru. Right? That, yeah. Not, not, yeah that, maybe that's what I said, Nehru. <laughs> Necrotiting. Necrotiting. Where your skin is rotting off? Nehru. Nehru. That's it. An erotic massage technique from Kawasaki City. Oopa. It's Japanese. The technique requires one or more Nuru masseuses to rub their body against the client's body after both parties are nude and covered with an odorless and tasteless massage lotion. Is this turning you on? <laughs> the word <laughs> originates from the Japanese language and means slippery and smooth. So is it erotic uh, or is it just... Yeah, new- it's totally erotic. Okay. Nuru the- practitioners use an odorless, tasteless massage lotion, which is derived from seaweed leaves. Sometimes referred to as Nuru gel in English. Do you have any women that work here? I am a woman. Uh, the gel <laughs> is applied by hand to the entire body of both client and masseuse. During the massage, participants will try uh, to get the widest possible physical contact. The masseuse is often using their entire body on the person to be treated. Strong tactile sensations are triggered that are designed to relieve stress. Hey, do you think Nikki would be willing to do this uh, live <laughs> no, on the air with me? No, she the, leans in when she massages. Yeah, there's, there's a very sort of um, warm maternal thing going yeah, on. Yeah, she lays on you, which is nice. The main component of the gel used during newer massages is the sulfated, or oh, whatever. I can't. It's a long scientific name. Which is obtained it's, they're made from the durian fruit. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Neuro massages are legal in certain regions of the world outside Japan, including areas in Canada, Europe, and the United States. New I York think... has a salon, a Nuru salon. So it must not be considered... Wait a second. ...necessarily I, sexual. I cannot imagine that well, this is legal in New York. It's, it says it's a famous... Nor, uh, <laughs> neurotic. <laughs> famous famous nor- neurotic. <laughs> erotic uh, salon. So it's, it's very biracial. And you pick from the well. There's like different models on the uh, on the website. So you're, you're saying house? Yeah, I mean, pretty yeah. it's a whorehouse. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could not for this Nehru, Nehru, Nehru. It's a whorehouse. I mean, if you were totally clothed, not totally, but if you had, uh, let's say, she had a bikini on and uh, you were wearing a rubber. No, uh, you. Were- <laughs> uh, you were wearing just you know like under a bathing suit or something. Or something. Yeah. 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 That uh, that you would see that as more of a uh, therapeutic massage than uh, an erotic massage? No, no, it would still be erotic, just not sexual. So it says we use the NeuroGel and uh, a clean air bed. Both parties are nude during the session. The model will use her whole body and massage your back and front. Where is this? 
I think it's in New York. Hold on. Mm. Is it close to... Uh... Yeah, in New York City. Hmm. Okay. Is it close to the Christmas tree? The new room massage. <laughs> All right, there's one other uh, uh, on this list of uh, potential sexual injuries. Uh, the yogi position. Gee, yogi, Anybody I'm know? totally turned on. It's like a yoga position. Yeah. Oh. Is yeah. it like a downward dog or something? Uh, I bet I don't know. Why don't you rub oil over your body and slide up and down me? Can somebody do a search on yogi position? Yes. What you do is you get into what they call a picnic basket. <laughs> put put uh, yogi sex position, uh, Nick, and that might... See uh, boo-boo. That might clear it up. <laughs> Oops, I did a boo-boo. <laughs> um, uh, there are three parties involved. It's you, Yo- well, four. You, Yogi, Boo-Boo, and Ranger Smith. There are several. No, yeah. I would think it's that first one, that yeah. first picture. Hmm. Oh, okay, where you're sitting cross-legged and she basically sits facing you on your lap. Oh, yes, that's like uh, that. that's actually very good. I couldn't do that. I can't cross my legs. <laughs> you can't? No. no. Huh. You, wait. Oh, my knees hurt way too much. You can't do I, Indian style? No, not at all. Ever since I was younger, too. Then I that's called a skeleton. I've had very little flexibility in my knees, so. A Scooby-Doo. So the yogi, I'm out. So. It says here that uh, for her, staying in this position for a long period of time can lead to strain on the lower back and neck and cramp in the calves. Oh, our backs again. Yeah, there you go. Kathy, this is just a nightmare. Anything sexual is a nightmare for you. This is so terrible. Why would anyone do this? Uh, And then for him, the injuries are he could suffer friction, burns, or sore knees. And a a crushed pee-pee. I could see sore knees. Uh, Safety advice, the sexual safety advice, support the back, neck, and knees with pillows or buy special (laughs) sex furniture. Ooh, yes. Uh, Raymore, Raymore and Flanagan, where's your sex furniture? Yeah. Well, they they have um the wedge. Like the, the, the wedge, the swing, right? Didn't they have that swing? That yeah. You could, yeah. I think yeah. we gave away one one time on the we air. Did. We, we did. We had those wedges. Yeah. Um, we gave them away. You actually used one for sleeping for a while for your- It was uh, awesome. Uh, for your- For hiatal hernia. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You s- wait, the wedge? I slept. I, oh. I, I, but you I have to sleep swing. and pleasure yourself at the same time. And the swing, too, is yeah. great. Slept. And I the did. sex swing. No, I, I hung it over the toilet. It was great. I got to play a, a, a raid on Pearl Harbor. <laughs> you were dropping bombs. Yeah. <laughs> Remember my friend bought one, and she was like, what do I do with this? A sex swing? Yeah, it doesn't like, go with my couch. Where do I put it? You need to, yeah, I mean, exactly. Where do you, you, You've got to be committed if you're going to be hanging that thing up somewhere. Yeah, Stephen, I think you made a joke that you hung it from a tree in the front lawn. <laughs> Can I just tell you, I'm, I'm uh, looking for a place to live, and uh, there was a, a third floor. It's a house that uh, we're not going to move to, but it was um, on the third floor. There was a stripper pole and a sex swing in the room. And they left it in for the um, open what? house. Wow. Yeah. Mm. There's all types, man. All right, so be careful. All right, so you should. Be careful out there. Yeah, be careful out there. It's a jungle. All right, well, listen, we got to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Now back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast. Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre File. Okay, a lot of paraphrase happening. Over the next few Bizarre file stories. I love paraphrasing. We will start with this. A man who pushed 15 hard-boiled eggs <laughs> in a hole in his body somewhere. Okay. 15 hard-boiled Why? eggs. Where would you shove in those? In his butt. Uh, okay. <laughs> Steve has his own interpretation of the story. Yes. Oh, here we go. I paraphrase in a slightly more aggressive manner. Well, he had to undergo emergency surgery after tearing his intestines. The he was waiting for them to hatch, I assume, correct? The... <laughs> 
He must have been. He was an incubator. He must have been oh. heartbroken. Those were his children. The 29-year-old man had taken GHB while he made the decision and began to boil the eggs with his partner. The oh. man from the Netherlands has not been identified. Uh, when the eggs were ready, uh, he peeled them and then inserted them. Uh, when he began feeling unwell, he took himself to a hospital. Where I must be those eggs. Doctors discovered he had uh, tachycardia. I have, uh-huh. a, I have sort of a discomfort in my lower areas, uh, and I also inserted a dozen eggs in my butt. Uh, but no, actually, it was uh, the reason he went to the hospital is he had a heartbeat of 120 beats per minute, and he is also, that because of the blood pressure uh, skipping up? Tachy- tachyponia, which okay. is. 29 rapid breaths per minute. Oh, my God. The doctor suspected abdominal sepsis and performed a CT scan, which showed a perforation of the pelvic colon and giant amounts of air and fluids in his abdominal cavity. I don't know how disease got in there. I mean, he hard-boiled the eggs. Uh, The doctor said, this is why we deemed an emergency uh, laparotomy necessary. The laparotomy is a surgical procedure involving a large incision through the abdominal wall to gain access to the abdominal cavity was performed successfully. The doctor said the eggs were removed as well as we could. Do you know what that procedure is called, Preston? No. Moons over my hiney. (laughs) (laughs) And the abdominal cavity was thoroughly rinsed. The eggs caused a giant rupture of the gastrointestinal wall, which was sewn up by the doctors. The hell? And for honestly, honestly, there's a lot of good TV on. Yeah, you know, right? you could go watch that. How many Af- eggs was it? Fifteen. Fifteen eggs, Nick. All right. After the operation, the patient was... And these were ostrich eggs. ...monitored in intensive care for a short time. After several days, he could leave the hospital in a clinically good condition. You'd be farting scrambled eggs for years. Yes, you would. All right, and like I said, I'm mixing these up. There's so many ones. I don't know where we can go from here. Well, there's so many ones that are like that one. Yes. But I've got Bacon a, is the next one. i got to split them up. A pregnant Washington State woman said that she was fired via text message from a sub shop where she worked with a store manager telling her it's not a good time to have somebody who's leaving for maternity leave in several months anyway. Mm, uh, this, this person hasn't been paying attention to the news. This is uh, Kamisha Denton. She said that she t- had told the manager she was pregnant and due in December asking for maternity leave. Nah. Denton said that she realized that she hadn't been aside shipped at Jersey's Mike shop. Or, Jersey Mike sub shop. Uh, so she sent a text to her manager inquiring about the hours. The response she said was received and it was shocking. It had asked for her unupdated schedule. She received something a bit different. The store manager named as Marcos responded with, I'm sorry to inform you that it's not going to work out with Jersey Mike's. It's not a good time to have somebody who's leaving for maternity leave. Uh, you also failed to tell me this during your interview, it said. Uh, Washington law states it is unfair practice for an employer because of pregnancy or childbirth to refuse to hire or promote, terminate, or demote a woman. Is some, uh, someone is not required to tell if they are pregnant during an interview process. Are they by the law? No. Not sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, the franchise owner uh, said that it should have never happened. It's our policy to treat everybody equally. The manager who sent the offending message has since resigned. I think the only thing you need to reveal by law is how many eggs you're currently carrying in your body. Maybe so. <laughs> A North Carolina woman accused of trying to bite off her ex-boyfriend's testicles has been found not guilty of malicious castration. Justice is done. A jury also cleared 54-year-old Martine De La Vega on an assault charge Thursday. How did she she get this one? Well, the man testified Tuesday that he had punched her head to stop her as she bit his chest and arms and ripped open his scrotum during an argument. God. 
He says that he still has psychological and physical problems. But when she took the stand on Wednesday, she asserted that she was defending herself from his assault. She said she thought that she was biting his leg as he tackled, hit, and choked her. Uh, Her attorney said that the verdict is a poor definition of a victory given that she endured three years of being vilified. So the guy was apparently beating her. And abused her. And uh, she went after, well, what she should have gone after. His nutsack. mm Mm-hmm. Uh, first, this guy said that shooting the driver next to him was in self-defense because she swerved over towards his lane when he was charged with aggravated assault with a deadly weapon stemming from the shooting of a woman in Katy, Texas. He told authorities he had done it before, maybe five times. But now that Nicholas D'Agostino is charged in a second road rage shooting where another woman was hit in the arm while driving this time in March, prosecutors said the picture is becoming more clear. Investigators say that uh, D'Agostino has targeted female drivers specifically on the streets, citing Facebook posts in which he describes female drivers as incompetent and writing that, quote, their sole purpose is to give birth to male children. Uh, Okay. Law enforcement officials have linked him to five road rage shootings in all, all against women. Uh, he was arrested again Thursday after being released on bond three days earlier in connection with the July attack on a 39-year-old woman as she drove down the street. Uh, D'Agostino spent six weeks in jail on that charge before being released after posting bond in his case, so prosecutors argued for a higher bond on the next charge. The 39-year-old mother and her family worried that he would harm someone before his trial. But two days later, he was back in jail in connection with the March 7th shooting of a woman as she pulled out of a gas station. That woman heard a loud noise but didn't immediately realize she had been shot. And now prosecutors believe that it's all happened because he had such he has such a dim view of women. Mm-hmm. And this time they've set his bond at $250,000 to see if they can actually keep him from shooting other women. That might be a little low. All right, one last story. Okay, you're uh, you're setting us up here. <laughs> a married couple. A married couple. Were desperate to conceive. Who were desperate to conceive were found to have been having the wrong type of sex for years. What does that mean? What do you think? Where the means? eggs go. <laughs> <laughs> the Come ex- on. The, uh, listen. Come this is somewhere in rural China, and they didn't get the pamphlet. The extra- quite literally, the, yeah. the extraordinary blunder came to light after a 26-year-old man and his 24-year-old wife went to see an obstetrician about their lack of success. Wait, what's this up here? Another hole. When Doctor Liu Hongmei investigated further, she found out that the woman had the uh, that she, they had regular sex, but it was unusually painful every time. Oh, oh my God. At first, uh, Dr. Liu thought that her patient might be suffering from some sort of disease disorder, but according to China's Evening Post, further examinations found the clueless couple, uh, which uh, lived in a uh, uh, in China's southwest, had been having the wrong type of sex all along. If I were a betting man, I'd say the guy probably wasn't as clueless as you might think. Uh, further tests confirmed this and amazingly found the wife was a virgin. Four years of marriage and neither the husband nor the wife knew how to get pregnant. Couples so lacking in general knowledge are very rare, but it is not uncommon for people to lack or have misconceptions regarding sexual knowledge. What is the child count currently in England? How many uh, in England in China? How many kids can you have? Is it still two? Oh, I don't know. Uh, the doctor then reportedly handed the couple each a sex ed handbook and gave them guidelines before they were sent home. The advice appeared to work as news of the wife's pregnancy arrived just a few months later. We did it. Yep. Got it. Flipped uh, her over. Uh, they reportedly informed the doctor that they were finally expecting, 
And so they sent the doctor 100 eggs and a live hen as gifts. Eggs, once again. Eggs as always. There you go. All right, and that's what I had told you. Well, that was a banner one. I've got more. That story, that last story, now I was thinking you started off with the eggs, but uh, that was a strong finish. Uh, I will, uh, I have more to come. All right. We'll get to those a little bit later on. And that's your Bizarre File. Let's take a break. Stay with us. We've shared a lot of MMR stories during our 50th birthday celebration. This year for our birthday, we'd like you to share yours. Maybe you want a cool prize like a pair of concert tickets or even backstage passes, maybe even a trip to London. Maybe you went to an MMR event like the Louie Louie Parade or the Cardboard Classic or even Zappoween all those years ago. Maybe you've met one of us at a concert or a local club. Did you win a CD or a cassette or even an album? Maybe you got a tour of the station. Who knows? We want to hear about your MMR moment, whatever it might be. So call our MMR memory message recorder. Get it? MMR. At 610-771-9666 and tell us your story. Stay brief and focused, just like me. We'll play them back during my MMR birthday broadcast, April 29th. We can't tell our story without you sharing yours. Together, we're 93.3 WMMR, everything that rocks. The trash business is a gold mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash. What's going on, Steve? Well, Nabisco announcing that the circus animals depicted on the Animal Crackers box will no longer be in cages. Nabisco says it wants the box to be more accurately depicting of today's circus culture and will also include pictures of ex-con clowns addicted to meth. <laughs> Mark David Chapman, the man who shot and killed John Lennon, is scheduled to have his 10th parole board hearing in New York this week. Chapman knows it's going to be an uphill battle for him, but says his secret weapon will be, quote, freshly baked apple cobbler. Oh, oh my God. He's going to try to work him a little bit. And finally, Women's Day Australia, suggesting that Paris Hilton's wedding might very well have been canceled. The magazine says that because Australia is on the other side of the world, people have yet to completely not give a crap. <laughs> <laughs> and that's your highway track. Steve, I wanted to play a little piece of audio you said was kind of fun. It's from uh, Henry Winkler. He won... Uh, an Emmy night before last, and uh, he was really excited about it. And he's, he's we love a, him, such a we likeable, love this guy, likable guy. And uh, they asked him uh, what the Fonz would think about his Emmy win, right? And because he's such a good guy, he does a little bit of the Fonz, and it made me smile. Like, right. You know, just listening to it, I think you guys will enjoy. It. I want to hear this. I was 27 when I got the Fonz. I am 72 years old. And here we are in this moment. If the Fonz was here, right? Yes. He would be so proud. <laughs> you know? I'm not kidding. He would just say, let me tell you something. This part of this is me. Right? I own this. Here. I'm going to call it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that great? That's cool, man. Uh, it's I'm... such a different character when you watch. He For so long, you just, that's, well, that's that guy. That yeah. guy is, is, that's the way he is. He couldn't have been further from that character. I remember the first time I saw him, anything outside of Fonzie, uh, was Night Shift. <laughs> totally And different. he was a completely different, yeah. meek, nebbish, victimish character. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, yeah. Did you oh. ever see that movie? No. He's he this put-upon guy. It's hilarious. It and really? that was Michael Keaton's first breakout role. He was great. Ron Howard it. directed. Oh, yeah. okay. Really? Yeah. I didn't yeah. know that. All right, yeah. but it holds up? It holds up. I haven't seen it in a long time. It's one of Chuck D'Amico's all-time favorite yeah. movies. Uh, you should see it. 
because I, I, you know, there were a couple of movies like that where it's well, it's, they, they were car- like so. Mr. T was in D- DC Cab, right? Yes. I'm like, all right, I couldn't watch From that the Shakespeare story. <laughs> no, but I wa- I loved him in in A Team, yeah. and then that came out. I obviously wanted to see it because Mr. T was in it, and same thing with Fonzie being in that. But yeah. it just well, Mr. T was playing Mr. T in DC Cab, basically. Yeah. Oh, he is. Yeah, <laughs> and and DC Cab versus Night Shift, little bit uh, difference in quality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. DC Cab sucked. <laughs> Night Shift was a good movie. <laughs> it was so. a good movie. Um, but let's uh, stay with television for a moment here. Uh, Bert and Ernie. Yes. Their very special relationship has uh, been the subject of debate for a while as to whether or not Bert and Ernie were a gay couple or not. Yes, whether they're just buddies, uh-huh. roommates, or involved with each other. One of the show's writers has lifted the lid on uh, its most famous and beloved characters, Mark Saltzman, who joined Sesame Street's uh, team. Uh, in 1984, um, it says he joined the Sesame Street team in 1984, has revealed that he did indeed write Bert and Ernie as a gay couple. But if he, if, wait a minute. If he, he, he wasn't at the, be, the beginning, beginning, the beginning right? I guess them. not. He didn't so, create So it was 68 yeah. at uh, Sesame Street. And, and they're, so they're, they're, they're refuting the claims. However, though, yeah, Kathy, there is a case to be made. There's not one second they did not appear on screen, both of them, where they weren't being fisted. Stop oh my it. God. She, good God. But he's right. Right? If you mm-hmm. stop and think about it. Mm. I think it probably Well, now started... that I think about it, no, that never happened. Uh, they did. It's all the time. I did? There's always hands up there. Oh, yeah. that type of thing. Uh, that yeah. type of thing. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about in their butt. So. <laughs> no, no. No, no. Right, no the normal thing. So he told uh, Queerty, the publication, the characters reflected his own same-sex relationship with film editor Arnold Glassman at the time. Saltzman, a script and songwriter on the show, said that he wrote them as a loving couple. And uh, I think you take it whatever way it works for you. Yeah, sure. Right? Here's the way I look at it. They're they're not real. Uh, yeah. They're, yeah. They are characters <laughs> on a kid's television show, and they are appear to be adult characters, but they have childlike uh, sensibilities, and, you know, so whatever. You're talking about Ert and Bernie? Ert, no. <laughs> Bernie no, and Ernie. Ernie and or Bert. <laughs> What is it? Bernie, Bernie and Ernie. Bernie and Ernie. No, Bernie and Ernie. It's not Ernie and Bernie. It's Bernie and Ernie. <laughs> I was at a Sixers game. Yeah. I was giving away tickets to Sesame Street Live. And, yeah, I said Ert and Bernie. Bernie and Ert. And then I was like, no, Ert and Bernie. And I was like, oh, I couldn't, like, get it right. I couldn't. Oh, no. <laughs> it's like, who earns your brain? You're like, no, it's Ernie and Oh, my and God. Everyone was what like, was I thinking? Rolling. It's clearly Ert and Bernie. Yeah. I remember all the, the cameraman was laughing, and then like the you know the the line of people like where Matt Cord sits, they all listen too. So like all of them were laughing. I'm like, oh great, Bernie and Ernie. It's like Boot and Foos. Yeah. Oh, dude, I did one at the. Uh, it was a real Philly Deli tour. What was it? I couldn't say something. Was it the last one? No, no. Oh, we, oh we, we were in uh, Northern Liberties and. <laughs> oh gosh, what what thinly sliced? I couldn't say it. Oh, I thinly. Say- I, I saw your outtakes. Slice thinly. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. What did I slicely thin? <laughs> you stopped. And like, I, you're like, hang on. Hang on. I'm gonna get this. Yeah. But you didn't. Slicely thin. No, thin slicely. <laughs> we need to have some of those. We need to hear that. Yeah, oh we my yeah, God. Yeah, slicely thin. No, no, no. Thin slicely though. <laughs> Ert, Ert and Bernie is my favorite. I love Steve, it. Steve, you sent out a video uh, of Bert and Ernie not that long ago. I can't remember what the context was, but it was um, 
uh, maybe the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. They redid. Yes, that, they, yeah. re- they redid the uh, the opening the credits. opening of it. And, yeah. and I, listen, I understand how these shows work. If Sesame Street's been on for fifty years, it's the fiftieth anniversary, and the characters have to evolve, the voices have to evolve. But the way that Bert and Ernie sound now is alien to me. It's funny that that you mentioned the the Prince of Bel Air and uh, Ernie and Bert because they both have. I think they both of those shows have videos on YouTube that are them to thrash metal. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, it's great. Hilarious. It's great. <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Now, speaking of those two shows and speaking of Happy Days, which we were speaking of just a moment ago, a new survey conducted by audio branding specialists called PHMG revealed that 21% of voters named Happy Days as America's most memorable television theme song. Oh, really? Yes. Most okay. memorable TV theme. So the tw- 21% being the largest percent that were they, able to lock and load on one theme. Exactly. So that came in first. Most people recognize that as uh, they, they remember that more than any other. Do you remember what the the original theme, I believe, was Rock Around the Clock? Yeah, one, yeah, two, yeah. three o'clock, four o'clock, right. Bill Haley uh, yeah. comments. Yep. Who Bill Haley is from uh, Delaware County. Or lived in Delaware County. He probably, he was, his brother is... Um, Bob Marley. No. <laughs> but it was one of the questions it was one of the questions for Delco versus Bucksco. That was I, it? I don't think I got a chance to ask it, but yeah, he was uh like in Bethel Township. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. I know Jim Croce is, but yeah. uh So when they, what the deal was also when they were playing that when they would play the Bill Haley Rock Around the Clock, they had to pay Sure. You know, the, the royalties, uh, the, the royalties on that. They wrote their own song mm-hmm. and that eased that up a bit. And it turned out to be iconic. Nick, can you see who wrote the Happy Days theme yeah. song? Uh, because, okay, so what else would you put in there as memorable television theme songs? What would you think would be the most memorable ones? I can recuse myself because I know the list. Okay, um, Nick, what do you think? My favorite all time is Cheers. Cheers. Okay, Cheers is up there, Case. I was going to say Cheers. Same thing. Kath, anything coming to mind? I guess. Well, there's one. Oh, no, well, go ahead. I, that I didn't see on the list, Preston, Brady Bunch theme. Yeah, not not in the top. Uh, I think they only have the top five in this particular one. What about? Were there any shows that you with a theme was? Well, you're not you're not a, kind of a you know you know with the shows that you liked where the theme was the the, the theme, theme songs by the way are almost a thing of the past. Yeah, is it, it like All well, in the Family or something like that? Or? Yeah, Greatest American Hero was a song right, that right, was yeah. a hit. Yes, Believe yeah, it or not a hit on the radio. Mm-hmm. So they'll take songs that exist now and apply them to theme songs. Like Shameless has one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloodline had had a theme song, but those are songs that are not not created for that. So well, NCIS, show. yeah, uh, did uh, the or, Who. Yeah, that was the Who for them. No, so. it was CSI. CSI. I'm sorry, CSI. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, the Friends song was a, a hit. Yeah, yeah, it was a hit. Exactly. Who did uh, that again? Who was the, the band? Rembrandt. Rembrandt. Yeah. Yep. Uh, it was followed second place by the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I should have okay. known that. Even like my kids are are into that. Really? Yeah. yeah. Even at this point, huh? <laughs> my son is like the Fresh Prince of. Oh, what did he, what did he say? Belair. A Belair. <laughs> Belair. Fresh Prince of Belair. Yeah, my kids, they don't know that show from mm-hmm. Adam, and they, they love that song. So, yeah. uh, also, Cheers was third. Yeah. Us, so, that, that did well. Gilligan's Island. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, though it's Still. weird that Gilligan's Island would, would be on the list, with, and the Brady Bunch would not. I know. I'm surprised. My favorite is Different Strokes. I love that theme song. That's an Alan Thicke song, is it not? Is it really? I, I, I mean, think I, it is. That used to be a go-to of mine. At, well, uh, the world don't, don't move, move to the beat of just one drum. What, what might, might be right for you, you may, may not, not be right for some. A man is born. <laughs> He's a man of needs. Everybody, <laughs> come on. Now, long come too. But they got nothing, nothing but, but the jeans. But they, they got... 
Different strokes it takes. Different strokes it takes. Different strokes rule the world. Was I say, everybody's yeah. got a special <laughs> kind of story. Everybody, everybody <laughs> finds a way to shine. It don't matter that you got what? What? Not a lot. Not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's easier to sing when the music yes, is playing. That was good. No, yeah. good. That was good, though. You were going for it. Yeah, you went deep on that. The, you went uh, two knuckles deep. The girls were dancing, Casey. Oh, we're every second of it. Have it you was. guys ever seen that TV show? Different oh, they have. They're nodding. All, right. oh, all of them. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Okay. We have a girls' You know, if you look at the opening credits to this, and they've done it, they did it as a, uh, they did one of those recutting oh, of the... Oh, music right here. Yeah. Yeah, they use this, and it, and it shows... Basically, it looks oh like God. Mr. Drummond is a pedophile <laughs> kidnapping two black kids from the street and taking them back to his apartment to do with him what he will. Have you ever seen it, Kathy? No. They use oh, my God. Oh, that's terrible. It's, it's horrifying. It's freaky. And you know what? I need to go back and, and review some of those because there, there are ones that do the opposite of that. They take the movie The Shining. Yeah, and make it. And they oh, turn I, it into like a, a beautiful rom-com. I've yeah. seen that. Or, or a family film. Yeah. That one's good. So they've, they've done some treatments on that. So this survey was done by uh, conducting U.S. consumers, over a thousand of them, and also tied with Gilligan's Island was uh, Friends. Yeah, uh, the, which is the the Rembrandts. I'll be there for you, and that was actually a hit, as we said before. Yeah. Now they also did uh, memorable film scores. Did you see that? I um, yes, I, I, I didn't go deep on that, but I saw what was at the number one spot. Yeah. What would you guys say would be like like a movie Star theme Wars? or score? Yes, Casey, it's number one. Sorry, I didn't mean so, that no, no, right. no. You you were asked. That got twenty four percent of the votes. Almost a quarter of people surveyed cited that as the most memorable. What are uh, how what percentage are John Williams scores at the top? Yeah, it's probably Star Wars, Indiana Jones. Nope, nope, uh, it's just the one. Oh. Because uh, so, after that 007. is... 007? Nope, uh, Saturday Night Fever. Okay. Well, BGs. Uh Yep, so Night Fever, yeah. Night Fever. Stay alive, stay alive. Or staying alive, I guess. Stay alive. You know what that needed? You can tell. Uh, Dirty Dancing. Dirty Dancing! 13%. But that's not a theme song. It's not like, uh, when the movie started, it was like, no, uh, no, like, that's... Dirty Dancing! Dirty Dancing! Uh, by the way, I saw He's right, that. though. There's no there's no Dirty Dancing theme. No. there's There are songs within Dirty Dancing that yeah. are songs. By the way, I heard, well, that- I saw on a commercial the other day for some food product, uh, they used Hungry Eyes from that soundtrack oh, as well. Oh, yes. Yeah. Hungry Eyes. She, what's that other? <laughs> She's like the wind. <laughs> Hungry Eyes. I mean, my favorite song from that movie is this one. <laughs> yeah, I love this. Who's a Tula Hana of Kamana Wana Hula Bay? What were the hits from this the soundtrack? You had that? You had you had the um, and hungry eyes. You had time in my life. Those were the two biggies. Right, the, and, and then, and then was, she's uh, like the wind. She's like the wind was in that as and well. And that's Patrick Swayze singing that, oh, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But they, yeah. They but, had so many hits that were already songs. And yeah. It, it was such a popular um, album that they made two of them. What was the one? Uh, hey, lover boy. Remember when they yeah. they were? Uh, How do you oh. call your lover boy? Lip syncing that one. I simply say. What was that? I simply say, baby. Oh, yeah. That's it. That's it. My <laughs> sweet baby. 
Uh, here you go. We oh, have the geez. list. Do you remember the uh, the Dirty Dancing tour that happened? Oh, yeah. Here we go. Be My Baby, Hungry Eyes, uh, Stay. Oh, from the Zodiacs. Oh. Is that... Oh, won't you stay? Christ. <laughs> uh, and then it says yes. There, there were more songs in there. What's yes. Yeah. Wait, what's yes? yes. <laughs> I don't know. It, but it was by Mary Clayton. So yes. what is yes? Marissa's going to have to find it yeah. and send it over to us if she can. So I God, you know, I, I, but that somebody... was a big, big soundtrack. Oh, and they, they tried to. Dr- I, there was a radio station promotion that I, some friends just for a kitschy factor trying to drag me to mm-hmm. the Dirty Dancer, the Dirty Dancing Dancers. It was the Jones Beach. The, yes. And it was nobody from the movie. Did you just, go? No. Oh, it was, God, it, was, it was like a whole bunch of the... the <laughs> I don't even know... Who even know what the relation to the actual movie was? Well, you know? I, I was in seventh grade when that movie came out, and I remember kids on 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 the bus listening to that record uh, because it was so popular and it was such a resurgence for that type of music, for that style of music, and for that age of music. Well, music really, that they had to they put out a second record. The Big Chill was, you know, I think similar two, two years prior to that, and that, I, I mean that was an entire summer that I lived off of that soundtrack. Um, so we're looking at the the track listing here for Dirty Dancing. Hey, baby. Hey, 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 baby. baby. Was that it? No. Different I want to know. Um, Overload. Don't know that one. Off the title. I'm sure we know every single yeah. one of these songs. Love is Strange. I think that's the one, Kathy. Hey, lover boy. Okay. Why don't you come over here? Uh, hey, boy. <laughs> My name is Manfi. Why don't you come over here and let's down? <laughs> <laughs> I'm dirty dancing all over your face. <laughs> just don't try not to move. Don't move. This hurts. <laughs> now, now do the lift. We're filthy dancing. I'll lift you up. Remember that remake? Yeah. The remake for Tosh. Wait, remember oh, when she right. has the watermelon? What's playing then? When she's crossing the bridge? Is that what this uh, that Yes song is? Hey, we have watermelon it. man. <laughs> She goes, I carried a watermelon. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Or is it when she was practicing on the uh, Oh, dancing? maybe that's it. Yeah, that no, no, when she's one. practicing. Yeah. That's Hang what I'm on. thinking. Here's, uh, this is yes. Oh, no. It's not an oldie. Oh, my God. Oh, so 80s. How much more 80s can you get than that? Is this when she's practicing? I don't think so. Even How far dis- these songs out? How disposable does this music sound? And the music could have gone this way. Running into the night. <laughs> Everything will be all right. <laughs> Feeling the pain of blood. <laughs> but this is Mary this Clayton. It's like my calling. Yeah. Mary Clayton sang on uh, Give Me Shelter. The uh, oh, my God. Yeah, with yeah. with uh, Mick Jagger. On, she was the one waiting like in yeah. the background. <laughs> yeah, she, I mean, she's the female lead on Give Me Shelter. Wow. Okay. Uh, anyway, there was something I was going to bring up about uh, Dirty Dancing. and uh, I don't remember. Anyhow. It's so dirty. It ranks up there. And then uh, James Bond, Casey, also earned 11% in the most memorable film scores. And I think that that would be probably just the, the theme. The James Bond theme. You know, as opposed to... Because every every movie had its own song, right. which was pretty cool. The one movie where that theme did not appear was the was Dr. No, the original. Okay. All right, yeah. what was, don't kill me, what was the theme? Oh, okay, okay. Got it. Got it. Here it is. Right, right, right. Okay. That's the James Bond theme. Got it, got it. Here it is. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
Bippy bong. I love when she comes out. <laughs> She's so sweet. Um, so yeah, these are these are the ones that uh, the people most remember. Uh, and and yeah, Steve, I was surprised as far as the television themes. Yeah, the, the Brady Bunch would have been oh, on there. You're right. What about uh, Mission Impossible? Is that on there? Because that is a great. Yeah. That's just an instrumental. It's not a, a song song, but it is a theme song. And and if Star Wars and all those are making the grade, well, and originally remember that was a TV show theme song. Mm. Yes, it was. Mm-hmm. Where that came from. So I don't know. Uh, you, <sighs> oh, and Beth Ann says that it was Wipeout that was playing when uh she, She's when dancing. baby when baby was on the bridge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's right. Thanks. <laughs> it's literally applicable to any song. It absolutely is. All right, so uh, let me see. What else was I going to mention to you? One more quick thing. Should we take a break now? Mm, let me just, um, mm, I don't know. Okay. What do you got there? Uh, this and that. Okay, we'll go with this, not okay. that. Okay, all right, this and then I'm trying to find something that ties into what we were already talking about. Hey, lover. Yeah. <laughs> hey, lover boy. Hey, lover boy. Did you ever find that song? Baby, no, that was pretty good, guys. Thank, Thank you. you, both of you together. Well, like you that. know, we we are trying to set oh. up the River Valley Vocal Band again. Here's a musical related thing, Casey. Can you see if we have this clip? I asked for Marissa for it uh, on Monday, I think, and we never got this to this one it. right here. She got beautiful boobies. No, 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 that's not it. All right. There's a version of this where the crowd is singing it, uh, uh, and it was a Green Day show. Yep, got it. And uh, I, where was this? I lost part of the story that I had here. But Green Day, uh, before they took the stage, you know, sometimes you go see bands, they just have some music playing to kind of, you know, have a yeah. little um, yeah. a- I love it. atmosphere. And sometimes it's it's really great. Uh, I remember Paul McCartney, when I went to see him, his pre-show role was uh, cover songs of Beatles. So it was other bands doing oh. Beatles songs and stuff like that. And it was kind of neat. It kind of got you in that Beatles theme, that frame of mind ready to go without hearing the songs and kind of ruining it for you. It was, you know, it was like reggae versions of Beatles songs and, di- and different styles. I like that. I thought it was really, really cool. And then when I went to ELO, they were doing something similar. They were playing songs of that genre that kind of got you in the mood ready to go. So anyhow, Green Day uh, was uh, was having some music role and Bohemian Rhapsody came on and it was a, it was like, it was a huge venue. It was like 60,000 people or something like that. For Green Day. Uh, Yeah, and this is them singing along to Bohemian Rhapsody. Is this the whole thing? I'd ask for it at a certain spot and then to take it from there after. How far in do you want me to go? I got like halfway into it or something. Yeah, In my original email, I think I said that in the but maybe I'm wrong. Um, Is this the real? Because <laughs> they really start getting into it later. All right, let's try it there, Case. Let's see how. When you're in a crowd yeah. and, and a and a sing along happens uh, when it, when it's unexpected, you know, when it's not when the band is on, uh-huh. and then one, or, one light hits the stage, I come out. 
<laughs> and it happens at sporting events every now and yeah, then, too. People I love just that. start singing a song, well, which is awesome. Right after uh, Tom Petty had passed away, uh, I Won't Back Down was a big thing. that They, they played it at uh, the Gator Stadium uh, for University of Florida. And then same thing happened up here in, in uh, at the Link. And everybody was singing, hey, baby. And it was awesome. What I want to know. <laughs> what is the big, big stadium song now? Uh, probably White Stripes. Um, Seven oh, Seven Nation, Nation, Nation Army. Army. Yeah, cause, because uh, bands can play, like a, a college right. band. And so and the if there's 100,000 people and it's a relatively simple melody, they can all sing along to it without sort of stepping on one another. It was Too Shy Shy by Kaja Gugu. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. It's a great song. It is a good song. <laughs> hush, hush. And then they tried Never Ending Story, which Lamar, yeah. the lead singer, did. Kaja Gugu split off and did that for uh, right. the movie, but it just it didn't take. It just did not take. So anyway, I thought you that try, was You try, you hope. <laughs> All right, listen, we should take a break. We'll come back in a moment. The Preston and Steve Show Podcast. 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.